0: hey everyone welcome to this episode of the podcast cody rich and i talk about building your platform whether it be a youtube channel or a podcast and his uh experience in building his own brand the rich outdoors podcast which if you're into hunting podcasts i I would imagine you probably listen to his or know of it, and if you don't listen to it, you should definitely check it out. And uh, he's he's a Titan, man. I mean, he's huge in the podcasting world and uh, has a huge podcast for hunters and, and just uh, just a really big motivation for guys like me that want to see, you know, how big can a guy get. You look at Cody, he's one of the bigger ones out there. And uh, just really appreciate him coming onto the show, um, letting me ask questions about how he built his platforms, you know, how to build a podcast, what to expect, some things some tips tricks uh in order to get some growth and and some momentum and for guys that are wanting to do the same thing because we hit on youtube as well because i'm more of the youtube side cody's more of the podcast side and uh it's kind of it's just kind of funny seeing the differences and and the similarities between each platform because he started off on podcasting and i started (laughs) started off on youtubing so it made for a really dynamic conversation and i'm really excited to share this with guys that are wanting to learn and grow uh their platforms as well so Thank you, Cody, for coming on to the show. I do want to tell you guys about his Backcountry Fuel Box, and that's a basically a subscription box, but a really, really unique one. And uh, for guys that are, love trying, you know, food out before you take it into the backcountry, that's designed to keep you fed and and well nourished. This is going to be a great box for you guys because you you get to try these companies' foods before you go on a hunt. So I don't want to find out that something tastes like crap when I'm you know six eight miles deep. I want to find out prior so i don't pack it with me if i'm not going to eat it when i'm back there so it's a really good service and if you guys want to try it out i'll I'll put a link down in the description box below but you're supporting a great guy you're supporting even you know a well-established podcast you're helping him grow and uh you know he definitely deserves it he works his tail off and i can't say enough good stuff about how this conversation went and cody in general so we'll go ahead without any further ado cody from the rich outdoors podcast talking about platforms and building a podcast
1: to them and i just have those headsets that you learn mm-hmm. uh, like the audio technica headsets honestly i think it's a more organic conversation if you just have like a lav mic plugged in mm. because it doesn't feel like you're sitting there broadcasting a nascar event oh um, yeah yeah. you know and like i just depends but then those are good at shows when you're trying to cancel out a lot of noise
0: what do you mean by uh, the other mic what's the other mic you're talking about uh, versus versus these
1: oh like just a just a lav mic so if you just oh. have a, like a lav mic that went straight to the zoom yeah so it just clips to your shirt you know you're just listening you don't have the the input where you're listening to all the voices but you know you're sitting in a room conversation you can hear
0: it normally do you still uh, get so, all the uh quality
1: yeah uh, if anything
0: it's better quality really I, yeah uh are, are you using sure mics yeah.
1: Um, I think they're Sony's.
0: Really?
1: Yeah, I think they're Sony's. When I mean, it's just like a lab XLR mic. Uh hmm. I believe that's it.
0: I'm gonna write that down. I'm but they're spending all this shit already.
1: They're like a hundred, hundred and fifty bucks. And so like it's tough because when you have those, you know, they work. But it's like hard to have a hundred fifty dollar headset for <laughs> shows, a hundred and fifty dollar headset for in studio and a three hundred dollar mic for yeah you know, doing this kind of stuff. So it's like it builds up, but
0: well, that's the. I've been kind of lucky because I like the bro guys are what convinced me to do this. They're like, dude, you should do it. I'm like, you really think? He's like, yeah, do it. And I was like, yeah. all right, fuck it. So I, I bought all the stuff, and then I had all this money sitting in an account that was going to go towards hunts um, yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. And so I just used all my YouTube money. And I still have <laughs> some left, but I, yeah, I was like zero out of pocket. Well, I guess it was out of pocket because it was my money, but it was yeah. Had this big. I don't know, a couple grand sitting from YouTube, just like, all right, we'll just move it over here and then maybe we can grow that and I'll reimburse myself later. I I don't know. And so I, I was able to start off with good shit right off the bat.
1: Um, Which helps, which is good. Yeah. And and like, you know, it's like a, like you had said, like, you know, I'm sure Cody told this, you know, the barrier to entry on a podcast is pretty low. Like, you know, one headset or a couple mics and you're you're good to go. Uh, You know, you don't have to have the nicest stuff to test it. And like, you know, it's all about kind of testing the minimum viable product. So instead of spending like $2,000 and being like, I'm all in on podcasting, you mm-hmm. know, like you could buy an ATR 2100 and plug it into your laptop that you already own and kick out a podcast and see if it's for you. Maybe you're like, man, I hate doing podcasts. <laughs> you know, <out. laughs> a thousand bucks in gear.
0: I loved it. I loved it. Cause the first time I edited a podcast, it took me like I listened to the whole thing, and then I yeah. literally would edit out all my ums. Like the first couple yeah. episodes, you might hear like two ums in a in a one hour episode, <laughs> two hour episode. Like I was spending four hours editing a one hour podcast, and then uh, yeah, now it's like okay, twenty minutes. I'm edited. I'm done. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's, it's just way less uncut, and I don't know, man. It's way easier than editing a video for sure for YouTube. So it's like I can get. I don't get near the exposure, but like. I don't know. It's way more fun doing a podcast edit than it is a YouTube edit. Like ten. Oh, times. for sure. But for, for sure, you have a YouTube know. channel too, or what?
1: You know, I don't know. We could get out. Are we? Are we using all this, or are we just going? Or are we recording just recording
0: just in case? <laughs> you know? I don't care. Uh, I, don't I don't care. care. Yeah. I, I, how much time do you got? Uh,
1: I think I got dinner tonight, but like I got plenty of time.
0: Okay. I was literally working on. Um, yeah. I kept working on Instagram. I was working on Instagram, and then I was gonna go it's freaking pouring here dude like well you you know you grew up here and uh i was like i'm not gonna go record a youtube video today i'm not gonna because i was gonna shoot my new btx i was like no i'm not doing it
1: yeah yeah i I came back to oregon for christmas and uh i think in the (laughs) first probably 12 18 hours that i was there Uh it rained nonstop. and i was like i think i've seen more rain in the last 12 hours than i did in 2018 combined
0: (laughs) (laughs) probably where are you living at now you're in colorado or something in Bozeman, Montana. Bozeman, dead, Montana. <laughs> As I say, everybody moved from here to either Colorado or Montana. Yeah, yeah, we're all in the All over there. Uh, who else moved over there?
1: Uh, I was trying to think from Oregon.
0: Yeah, uh, you got both Josh and Ty.
1: Yeah, yeah, Josh and Ty are over there. I know that. I was trying to think someone else too, but yeah, there's a lot of people moving to Bozeman. It's kind of become yeah. the hub, you know.
0: it Has it? Yeah. yeah. I it's wouldn't good. mind after hunting Idaho this year. First time I ever hunted out of state it was like just that little pinprick on the map that we hunted. It was like, this is so much better than Oregon, <laughs> not even a contest. Like if I could do the same shit I'm doing here and like for work, I would yeah. immediately sell my house, everything and transport. And there. Yeah. It was like just walking around and we weren't, we you know we were seeing, you know, 40, 50 deer a day and no big bucks or anything, but the, the, the landscape, the, the mindset, the people, the animals,
1: it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of like the family aspect of it, you know, you got still got family in Oregon. And so it's like the back and forth becomes tough and yeah. a little more travel and things like that. But, you know, honestly it came down to me. It was like, I always wanted to do it. And it was something I always talked about and I just had to pull the trigger and do it, you know, and like, Hey, let's just go test that. And I, I talked to Josh and Ty about it. I think I actually asked Ty about it when he first moved and it was like, uh, he had just got there and you know, he's, he basically said, you're never going to regret it. You know, there's like you move here and it feels like this big move and like you you weigh the decision. You're like, I don't know. And then three months after you're there, it's like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever go back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. just traveling into Idaho. I've been a homebody. I've only been to California twice in my life. Washington a few times. Idaho (laughs) once. I mean, like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I need to get out more. Do you know, you know what graffiti is here locally in Oregon graffiti? Uh -uh. You don't know what graffiti is? It's like classic car. It's the after 4th of July. Uh -uh. It's the, uh, it's like graffiti. It's old, old cars from like the old cars, like Mustangs and all that stuff. And we have these parades around here. It's huge. People come from all over the country to Roseburg. I thought that was a national holiday. (laughs) i'm like my friends are like dude you're a moron i'm like i need to get out more guys (laughs) like i literally thought like everybody did graffiti but no
1: so did it start like your first out-of-state hunt was idaho then
0: uh my first out-of-state hunt was idaho this year i did go to africa this year so i skipped i skipped all the out-of-state and just went (laughs) out of country
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: which was eye-opening but
1: which was i mean idaho was my first like i was pretty homebody, uh you know growing up like small town farm kid from oregon like i didn't you know we didn't travel mm-hmm. uh, you know you we went to eastern oregon to go hunting and that was a big trip yep. but uh yep i you know kind of got I, I got a job and traveled a lot but then i you know kind of got started in the hunting tool route and and looking at you know all these out-of-state hunts and i knew a couple guys that hunted in idaho and that's what started it for me i went on a, you know my first hunt in idaho and, didn't know anything just went there and you know, ended up killing a good bowl and thinking like man this, this spot in <laughs> idaho is better than most of the draw places in oregon yeah what am i doing and then that was kind of what kicked it off for me and yeah you know, then it's like the sky's the limit yeah. which is funny because i think when you grow up in oregon you almost have to be like this out of state conscious like tags and trying to get tags and things like that just because oregon's not that great and getting worse on, on tags and so you, you learn to to start applying out of state and then i moved to Montana. And I'm like, man, there's enough tags just here and I could hunt next to my house that I really don't have to go out of state yeah. anymore. <laughs> and the quality <laughs> of the animals points.
0: are probably way better. I mean, yeah. like I talked to guys over in Idaho and granted everybody, um, everybody's, there's no road hunting where we were at. I mean, if you yeah. are counting on road hunting, you're probably not going to kill them.
2: Yeah.
0: And so everybody's like five, six miles deep. We're all. And No one shoot, no one that we talked to would shoot less than a four point unless it was a giant three point. Like, yeah. We were hunting general season. I'm like, this is like the twilight zone over here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was incredible. I passed up two bucks a day. Um, cause I went, I went, I didn't, you know, I didn't drive 11 hours to kill a dink. I went over there, you know, i had already had a good season over here and, uh, I ate my tag for rifle, went back over there for archery. Didn't find anything. I found one good buck for archery, but. I got within like 200 yards and he was gone.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah, but it was it was cool. It was it's just cool. <laughs> I mean, an archery rut tag here in Oregon. I, <laughs> yeah, Metolius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know if you heard this. They made a Spring Bear over here. I live in Roseburg. Yeah. They made Spring Bear here a draw tag.
1: So yeah. Southern Oregon's now a draw tag. Yeah. Yeah. Man,
0: I a- I want to get somebody from the ODF and I don't like talking bad about the ODF and W because you know, we need to be positive about them, but yeah. they make it really hard when they do stupid shit like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh man, like, I just want to get somebody on here and just ream them, but I wouldn't be, for, you know, it wouldn't help anybody. It
1: would, <laughs> and you'd never draw a tag again.
0: And I'd never, you know, I'd never draw a tag again. But. <laughs> so man, I, I've got so many questions for you. I, I literally started the podcast. Don't didn't have really much to t- anybody that had had a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I want this to kind of be a more of a, a business more than a hunting episode because yeah. like you and I were talking about you can make a whole business out of helping guys in the hunting industry get into the hunting industry. It's like yeah. this huge push has created its own little niche, and I I know I appreciate all the help that I've gotten from the guys that are bigger than me, and so I I literally am up till midnight texting guys, have you thought of this? <laughs> have you done this? Have you you yeah. know trying to help them grow their stuff and. And, uh, I, I, it's just really rewarding. So if you're down to talk about, you know, yourself, your journey, how you grew the rich outdoors, uh, I am totally, I've got so many questions for you.
1: No, I'm totally down. I mean, like talking business is kind of like, I think people probably listen to me talk about hunting more than, than business, but I, Mm -hmm. I talk about hunting or sorry business to guys, you know, off air more than I talk about hunting. So like, I'm totally down to help guys. And, and you know, it's all about like, it's cool to see guys doing what they love. And, you know, I'm the same way. I came from, you know, a small town farm. And, and like to me, I think I've said this before, like the only two options I knew were I was going to grow up to be a farmer, which was like, kind of like what everyone wanted me to do, or I was going to be a firefighter. You know, those are the mm. two careers that existed. That I didn't even know that other careers existed. So, you know, I, you know, was lucky enough to have some pretty good mentors and, pick up the right books at the right time in my life to figure out that like, Hey, you can, you really can do anything you want. And I think that's kind of, I, you know, the age of social media has really shown that guys can do that. And, you know, born and raised guys and Trent and Cody and I've talked about this quite a bit, you know, like just to be able to do what you love is, is pretty special. And I don't think that, you know, 10 years ago, it was as available or see, you know, was as easy to get to as it is today. And so like, you know, you see it, you know, you see guys on Instagram, like, man, he's getting paid to go hunting or he's getting to do what he loves Mm -hmm. every day. And that's cool. And so like it inspires you, um, you know, the hard part about that, as you know, is like that makes it competitive because now everyone wants to do that, of course. Right. right? And so like it, it, it creates its own hiccups because now it's like, yeah, it'd be cool to, be able to make money going hunting, or just be able to go hunting more and have it mm-hmm. pay for itself, which is like kind of where I was in the beginning. I was like, hey, if you know, I like to go hunting. If it just paid for itself, I'd be, I'd be pumped. Like I don't even yeah. need to make a living doing it; just you know, cover its own cost, and I can do more of it. Things like that.
0: But, but I do kinda, think it's,
1: it's, it's, it's definitely growing for sure.
0: Yeah, well, that's kind of where I was. I was like, man, I, you know, if I could make a dollar on YouTube, I would, I would. That'd be be crazy. I'd be the only person I ever knew that made money on YouTube. Like, I don't know anybody that's ever done that. And then I was like, no one's going to, no one cares about what I'm doing or who I am when I started and stuff. And I didn't care, you know? (laughs) So
1: So when you started, you know, you started on YouTube, like what was your goal? Like what was the, honestly, it was
0: really, really douchey. Uh, it was to show off how far I could shoot a bow. That's it. That's, That's it. I'm like, if I can shoot, my goal was to break the world record longest shot. Uh, I, I missed it on my, I had three shots. I missed it. Um, I should have called off the shot. The wound. I can make all the excuses. Anyways, I was way too cocky and arrogant and, and I missed the shot. So, but that was my goal is like, if I can break the world record longest shot, which a guy with no arms named Matt Stutzman has 300 and I think five yards, 310 yards. I was shooting 330 the the records with the guy that should have it. He's going to impact way more people breaking the world record with no arms, shooting a bow. Like the guy's an inspiration. So I'm out there trying to break a guy's record with no arms. You know, And even when you put it like that, it sounds like a real douchebag, you know? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, if I can break that, that'll, that'll be the thing that gets me noticed, you know, like that's yeah. going to be, and I'll post it on YouTube and someone will pick me up and then I'll make money shooting bows and I'll live the dream, you know, and I'll like yeah. pipe dream. And, and, uh, and so I posted videos of me shooting, you know, killer, killer groups at like 250 yards like that. Yeah. And, then I started shooting 300 and then guys are like, well, how are you doing that? Well, what are you using? What's your gear? What's this? What's that? I'm like, well, here's what I'm doing. And then it kind of just like, well, there's a really guys and, and another factor back up for a second. And another, another factor was I was watching videos learning. Like I was just soaking up information, researching, testing, just literally sh- I shot 18,000 arrows between January. Cause I tracked it 18,000 arrows between January 24th and hunting season. So the end of August, uh, that yeah. year, just that year alone. And those, that's impressive. Yeah, that's a lot of arrows. I'm still paying for it with my shoulders. but. Um, <laughs> and I was researching and through all that stuff. I was going through the the anals of YouTube, and uh, there was a lot of bad information out there, a lot of bad videos where guys were showing other people how to work on bows, and they were shoving wrenches in cams. to, to just weird stuff. And I'm like, what are you? I'm like, someone's going to get hurt. So – one i changed from helping from being selfish to helping people and then providing a service information and then some entertainment value and that's when i actually started growing and then kind of just changed my mindset and and you know wanted to just share what i knew cuz people were so hungry for information like yeah really hungry and so now that's that's where i'm at so now it's so
1: like i might like i'm going to take this and it, it's your podcast so we'll run it however you want but like you a conversation a lot of the times, like if I'm talking to someone like, Hey, like, you know, here's what I just had this conversation with yesterday with uh, my brother-in-law, you know, looking at starting a, a rugby podcast and we we're talking about the pros and cons and, you know, where to go, what to do, things like that. And so in the same capacity, you know, you like, that's a great start. And like I love that you have the humility to be like, Hey, I started from a douchey place, but I fixed that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's fine. Like, you know, I think, uh, it's too many people out there like oh i just want to change the world or you know i want to solve world peace you know like some version of that and it's (laughs) like hey you know if you're out there like hey i just want to make a thousand bucks a month that's cool that's awesome like at least you're honest about it you know like if you want to be out there because you want to be the next gym shocker like i just want to be famous like that's that's fine like just do you like as long as you're honest about it i think that's important uh but like what's so what's end goal like where do you see you know an end goal for you as far as is it you know, fame is it money? Is it free equipment? Is it just helping yeah. the world? Or, like, where where does it go for you?
0: That's a good question. You know, Trent from Born and Raised, when I was making the decisions along with my wife, uh, what we were going to do here, he mm-hmm. asked me that same question. And I told him, I can tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do this if I can't bring my wife home, give her the life that she deserves. You know, I'm not going to go out and yeah. live my dream and have her working 40 hours a week at the bank. You know, yeah. So, I got to figure out a way to bring her home. So, my goal is eventually make. X amount of money to bring her home and then I'll have her do the edits so we can work together be a husband and wife team and then we'll go and eventually you know I we got to make a lot of money to bring her home unfortunately because I want I want her to have options you know if she wants to work she can work I'm not a milk chauvinistic pig I'm not saying she needs to stay at home be in the kitchen I'm saying (laughs) I'm saying I want to give her options you know like if she wants to work she you know good for her I'll be her biggest cheerleader but my goal is to make enough money on YouTube or on the podcast to bring her home to to make her part of the business and then live uh, live the dream like you said go out hunt and fish and then if you read my bio I thought you know it's like three sentences but I literally thought on that for days before I actually put that in my bio uh, YouTuber husband to Kim bow hunter podcaster whatever I think it is, is and then help or sharing my passion for hunting and helping people along the way and that's literally what I want to do is. I want to hunt and fish and help people along the way and, and be the best husband I can to my wife. And that's what I want to do. And I know that's like, world peace kind of thing that probably yeah. sounds corny, but I mean, that's if I could bring her home, man, you know, that's to me, I feel like I'm not doing my job as, as a man for her husband. If she has to go out and work, cause I don't have that. I, if yeah. I wasn't good enough to give her that option. I feel like I'm failing. So that's my biggest drive to be honest with you.
1: And it doesn't that that's important because I do think like, as we look at this, you know, and you know, it starts when you're a single dude and you're like, yeah, I just want to hunt all the time. And that's yeah. easy to say. And like, it's almost easy to accomplish, but the, the, what a lot of guys are missing is like, you know, and you see this all the time with whether wives let them hunt as much as they want or not. And like, that's, that's, that's a huge other conversation a rabbit hole we won't go <laughs> into. But uh, you know, when you look at it as like, yeah, I just want to travel the world and do this thing. Well, it's not really fair because when you become a husband or a wife, whatever it may be, you're a partner now. And this is like a team thing. And so you really have to look at it as like, okay, if I can't, you know, like, I can't just leave someone at home with the kids and then go do my thing. If that's not what they want, you know, if they want to be a stay at home mom, that's fine. Or a stay at home dad, that's fine. But you have to look at it from a little bit different perspective, as you as you know, yeah. and you know, I think that's really important to look at it like, hey, where do you want to go? Like for me, we just this, I just had this conversation yesterday. And, you know, like, I think purpose is really, really important. And I think I've said it on another podcast, but like, you know, it starts out, you just want to make money doing what you love. And then right. you, you realize you, you do that and you're like, oh, well, now I just don't have any time to do anything. Cause I'm, you know, I made money, but I don't have time. So you got to figure out a way to now make money, but also have time. And then you get to there and you're like, well, my life doesn't really have any purpose because I'm at this job that I don't really love and I'm not doing anything. And so, Mm you know, as you get older, purpose becomes more more important. And so now you have to go back and reclimb a different ladder that involves making money while also having time while now having purpose as well. And I don't think you have to know your purpose at 22 years old. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes kids are making or even myself at 30. You know, like you you don't have to know what your purpose is yet. Mm-hmm. You just have to make sure you keep an eye on it because you have to understand that when you're 50 purpose has a different meaning than it does at 30, you know? And so for me, it's like, I don't know what my purpose is yet. Honestly, I can say that with complete honesty. I have an idea and I kind of, you know, want to go in that direction, but I don't know that it has to be the number one thing. And I think yeah. too many kids are kind of getting wrapped on, well, you know, I'm going to start this YouTube channel for this. And it's like, You're 22 you know, purpose isn't the biggest thing. and if it is great, but like don't don't be so focused on it that you lose sight of like where you're going. And you know, and one of the other things you pointed out, I think is really important. It's like it's about the journey because like if you come out and say, well, uh I'm the YouTube expert on XYZ, like that has a finite end to it. And so when you kind of come out and say, Hey, here's my journey to learn how to shoot 300 yards Like there's no end to that and there's no right and wrong answer. So now you have this ability to kind of grow and like that gives you long game. And I think that's important as well. It's like, you know, if you want to come out and be the best whitetail hunter in the world, that's an end. You know, people are going to get tired of watching you do that, you know, for the next, what, 30 years. Yeah. so I think it's important to be like, hey, here's my journey. Here's this thing that I'm working on come along with me and whether it's you know for you you know you love testing new equipment trying stuff out and shooting those videos and so like that has no end to it because you're always going to be testing new stuff learning yeah. growing as a person and I think people enjoy following that journey
0: I totally agree and like you said being able to evolve because like yeah. I said you, I started from a selfish place man like yeah I wasn't a douche I always loved helping people but I was thinking about me not the end user not yeah. the watcher or the subscriber and evolving to, in this, this, this niche where, you know, helping people get into the hunting industry for me, that's a, that's a recent uh, thought, a recent discovery for me. Like if I could be like, and I'm going to get hammered for this. If I could be somebody like a Gary V for hunters, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit less vague or like harsh than he is. But uh, you know, I think the hunters are really, you know, a lot of guys eat Gary Vee up in the hunting and I don't know if you know who Gary Vee is or you listen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I read, everybody I, read I know.
1: Book in two thousand nine. Oh and really? Then, fun fact, and this is actually pretty common with Gary Vee people. But uh, I read Crush It in two thousand nine. I was reading a ton of books uh, mm-hmm. and read that book, and I was like, "This guy's a douche. I did not <laughs> like that guy." Uh, and then it wasn't until uh, I think it was Jab 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 Right Hook came out in two thousand. It was like a couple years later, whatever mm-hmm. it came out. And I was like, man, he's actually right. But yeah, 2009, when Crush It! came out, I did not like the guy. Really? I, yeah, did not like him.
0: I liked him, and, and it seems <laughs> like when I listened to him, I was like, man, I, why didn't I think of that, or why, why didn't I think of that? Yeah,
1: it's pretty I common said, sense. Oh. But you know, one of the things that you had mentioned, and actually it stems from a Gary uh, thing, is like, you know, I think a lot of people think that there's one thing that's going to make them popular. If mm. I just you know, break the world record, I'll be yeah. big. If I yeah, just kill this big bull, I'll be famous or this big white tail. And, uh, you know, you start to compromise your values when that happens and you look at the world as the one thing, but I can tell you, like, it doesn't matter. Like th- there's never one thing. They're just building blocks. You know, like how many times, you know, Joe it pops up on Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan will mention my podcast or something and everyone's like, Oh my God. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> it's like this little bump and it's, it has nothing to do with it, but there's never one thing it doesn't matter if you're on the tonight show. You never, that's not going to be the one thing. It's just building.
0: Right. blocks. And I, I think that you said that,
1: I think when you chase the one thing, yeah, you, you, your morals get, you know, you, you kind of just take a chip out of your moral code. Every time you do that, <laughs> and you start like looking for that next one thing, that one, next one thing. But if you start looking at those as just mere building blocks that you keep getting to, yeah. and it doesn't matter when they get there, then you're just you're going in the right direction, and I think that's yeah. really important. I see a lot of a lot of people trying to get into the industry off that one move.
0: Yeah, no, I, I that's being short term versus long term, and yeah. I mean, I I'm so glad you said that because I run into guys that are doing that all the time. Yeah. And I, like I said, I did that myself. You know, that world record shot. Hey, if I could do that, that one thing, and then yeah. you know, I mean. <laughs> That is so, so spot on man
1: look look at your YouTube channel like what do you what would you consider you know the the most the most growth has come from on your YouTube what's made you successful on a youtuber
0: one video or just oh no was
1: I mean what what's the things that have kind of attributed to your success is it one consistency, video,
0: or is it like consistency honesty unbiased and uh yeah, you have to upload. You have to upload. You're not going to grow if you don't upload. You can't upload yeah. twice a year and expect you know everybody to follow you. You know. Yeah. So I was just I just had this conversation. My wife just went to the gym, and uh, we got in. I call them debates. We got in a little bit of an argument because we're like she's like trying to. We're trying to figure out what frequency should mm-hmm. I upload? I uploaded yesterday, and the day before that, and then today um, I'm up like three times the amount of subscribers I've gained the last two days. And that's because I've uploaded the last two days. I'm like, well, what if I uploaded today? And would I know, would it keep going up or would it go back down? And, uh, and so she's like, don't burn yourself out. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to burn, you know, so we're having this huge conversation here and, and just trying to figure out what the best thing is for me. But frequency is huge. You have these guys like Lunkers TV who, mm-hmm. and there's somebody else I'm forgetting, but they uploaded literally, I think every day for like two years. They went from zero to a million subscribers in two years. I think is what. Yeah. Every day, and it wasn't like fancy edits. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. It was just work ethic, consistency, yeah. blog, and that's it. And creating a value to the, the to the watcher. If there's no value, people aren't going to tune in, right? So. And that's the thing
1: is like you can look and be like you can look at someone like Lunkers and think, well, if I just posted every day, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I'd be a million fans. But that's not right. necessarily the case. It has to be you know it has to be good enough. It you know, does. And, then, and people talk about like, well, you know, a uh, YouTube video has to be under five minutes. Nope. If, if Star Wars posted a 12 hour <laughs> video, like everyone's going to watch it. I don't care if it's on YouTube yeah. or where it is, you know? so it,
0: Here's it, my general rule with a YouTube video. If you're making a 10 minute video out of a five minute video, you're wasting people's time by five minutes. That's where you're, mm-hmm. if you don't have enough value to make a 10 minute video, that's where that comes from. And so I just made a 16 minute video. One of the longest videos I've ever made. 16 minutes. And it is way I mean the watch time it starts dumping off at about 10 minutes. That's really good retention. That's for yeah. me that's really good retention. But the whole thing is chock full of of stuff. I mean it's not like I'm rambling on rambling on. No, it's like it's I love I love jump cuts. Some guys hate jump cuts. Jump cuts uh-huh. keep people's attention. point 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 point. That's but, how you get better retention. So you know, that I don't buy that for a minute. You know, whoever said that, they, they just don't have enough value in their videos to make a 10 minute long video. Whoever said that. So
1: that's true. Like I, I mean, I produced a six hour podcast this year and guys love that. Yeah. And like, you know, it's almost zero drop off rate. And so like to say, (laughs) you know, what, (laughs) what, what it is is like, or what it isn't is it doesn't really matter, which is interesting. You were getting back. You circle back to this question. You asked me why I don't have a YouTube or why I don't focus on YouTube. And, you know, this will probably, I was going to ask you the same thing. You you see a lot of people like, well, should I start a YouTube? Should I start a podcast? What should I do? You know what, I guess before I circle back onto my theory or why we don't spend a lot of time on YouTube, you know, when you looked at YouTube versus podcasts, obviously you already kind of already had a YouTube channel. Uh, you know, what was your reasoning behind YouTube versus podcasts or vice versa?
0: uh, <laughs> uh... I want to. I want to preface this answer with <laughs> with a story that involves me and you. I messaged you back when I was creating my intro for the podcast. Okay. And I I want people to realize how big of an idiot I am here when it comes to technology. I asked you, dude, how do you get rid of this stupid audio jungle wording <laughs> and the audio jungle? Like I'm I spent hours on this shit. I was like <laughs> I'm pulling out my hair. I downloaded it so many. I was what I was doing is I wasn't buying the actual thing. I kept. I was like trying to like <laughs> split it, and I'm like, "This is bullshit." Audio Jungle sucks, <laughs> and uh, you're like, "Dude, you have to buy it." And I was like, "And then it gets rid of it." You're like, "Yeah." And I was like,
1: oh, "It's a copyright thing." It's, it's, it's like, going, it's, going, like it's, it's never like,
0: going it. to ever have me on a show ever. Definitely <laughs> no, not at all. So I want to preface that, and then I'm going to preface it with another thing. Um, last June, uh, or no, two Junes ago at Hudu. So not mm-hmm. last year, but the June before that. So about a year prior to me starting my podcast, I was, uh, shooting with a few buddies and uh, they were talking about the Joe Rogan podcast, your podcast, a few other podcasts. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you listen to? Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to fuck pay for a podcast. I'm not going to pay to listen to somebody's TV show. That's stupid. And they're like, what do you mean pay? I'm like, well, it's like two bucks an episode. What, What's the catch here? I'd never <laughs> listened to a podcast before. And then, uh, <laughs> like, dude, it's free. I'm like, what do you mean it's free? He's like, you have it on your phone already. It comes on your phone. You download it. It's free. They don't charge you nothing. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, and then from that point, a year later, I have my own podcast. (laughs) I didn't know what a podcast was. I didn't know anything about a podcast and YouTube had been around a lot longer. And so that's why I started on, on YouTube. Um, I'm glad I, I'm glad I did though, because like I alluded to earlier, I'm I'm an open book. I don't care pe- what people uh, know I make because it's not a sponsor. It's a, it's it's a business. I make I'll make about two th- about three thousand on YouTube this year, and that like I said earlier has paid for the podcast startup and all that stuff. Right, so it's I feel like it'd be easier to make money on YouTube versus a podcast off off the bat. I I don't know because. Like you, like you, you and I alluded to I, uh, in a conversation outside this. I, I, don't care if I make money for the first couple of years. Long term, mm-hmm. I don't care. Eventually, I, 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 care. But you know, I mean, I think, I think a guy could make money quicker on YouTube. I, I don't know. Um, oh, interesting. I don't. I, don't yeah, I
1: look at. I look at the opposite. So, which is funny that you were talking about. Like you didn't know what a podcast was. So <laughs> I started listening to podcasts. It must have been two thousand eight somewhere in that time frame really yeah and From the like, time it oh, came out yeah i remember like what was that show it was some sports show and someone was like hey here, have you seen this podcast thing and uh ironically <laughs> it's a friend who's a radio show producer anyway uh so i started listening to these podcasts and i was i was traveling a lot and so I was, I was listening to a lot of marketing podcasts uh god i wish i could name podcast. I remember I like had a Staples commercial <laughs> in it. Uh, anyway, so I, you know, I listened to podcasts for years and it never even dawned on me that there could be a hunting podcast and never even a million years. So I was just listening to a marketing podcast, business podcasts. I was listening to an audio book every week at that time, like just churning through audio like crazy. And I don't, and I didn't at the time. And I still really don't use YouTube like at all. Hmm. Uh, you know, I'll be like, how to fix my iPhone or or something like that (laughs) on a very practical level. But I really don't, I I don't think I saw my first Casey Neissat video until last year. And it was like, I I was like, Oh, this is pretty interesting. But I I just didn't use the platform. Right. And so for me, as someone who's listened to hundreds and hundreds of audiobooks and thousands of podcasts, like podcasts made sense. And like, I understood this world and I listened to it a lot. And Mm -hmm. so then it was like, Oh, someone should do a hunting podcast. And at the time, there was none. You know, Gritty Jay and I kind of all pretty much launched our podcast on virtually the same day, even though there was nothing before that. And I think a lot of it was Tim Ferriss. You know, like I was like, oh, well, if Tim Ferriss is doing it, obviously I should probably do it too. Uh, so I was like, yeah, let's do let's do a podcast. What so, year was
0: that when you started?
1: 2015.
0: Oh, I thought uh, you'd been around longer than that.
1: Yeah, it was. I think February or March or really? no April maybe. Yeah, so early 2015, and it was like two weeks. I was just like, hey, I should do a podcast, and just kind of <laughs> grinded it out, and two weeks later had a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I set the goal that I was going to do it every week because consistency is key, and I don't think I've missed much. I mean, there might have been one or two I missed weeks-wise in the last three years. But, yeah, that was kind of like I just used that, and I didn't really use YouTube. And I looked at it as like, man, the amount of effort that goes into a podcast first making a video – like, it doesn't seem scalable to me on the YouTube side, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it depends on what your content is. Like, I think yours are very scalable, but like creating a hunting show, man, that seemed like that's a ton of work for yeah. what's coming out of it versus a podcast. And so I was like, oh, you know, yes, I'll get there, but it's not, like, it just, I think it's about, you know, how you operate. And like, this goes into like, oh, should I start a blog? Should I start a YouTube channel? Should I start a vlog? Should I start a podcast? It, like, I think it boils down to like, what are, what are you going to do consistently? Yeah. I'm just not a video type person. I don't have those skills. Like, you know, you look back at, you know, Cody was filming hunts in 2007 and you know, like he has the experience, he has that 10,000 hours in that field. And so for him to create the YouTube is, it makes perfect sense. You know, and for me it was like I had tons of audio experience because I was basically listening to the audio books and podcasts nonstop for like five years. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh perfect, you know. And you know, whether that's like that interview skill kind of just it gets ingrained in your head, but I've been listening to it for years. And so, you know, for me it was like that made more sense to me. And I you know, I think people, kids, they want to get into this and they're like, oh, I don't know what to do. What's the best? Well, do whatever you're gonna do, you know, what are you gonna excel at? And if, if, if you don't know, try it all and, and kind of work out the kinks. But, you know, for me, it was always, you know, yeah, I could be on YouTube and even at this at today, I'm going to say this because we should be on YouTube and we should be doing a lot more than that than we are. But at the same time, it's like, it's, it's the resources, you know, I'm like, can I afford to you know, be doing all of these other things. And I'm sure, you know, it'd be great if I had a hunt and show on Amazon and I had, you know, a different show on Netflix. And I, But like, again, it boils down to resources and like what, what your end goals are and things like that. And so I think, you know, a lot of people want to jump into this, but they don't know where to jump in. Uh, you know, so it's just whatever works for you. Like, what are you going to produce the best? I,
0: I think you nailed it. And so if you're a busier guy or you don't have a lot of time, maybe a podcast would be better because it yeah. takes me three times to four times more uh, time to edit yeah. and upload a YouTube video.
1: Absolutely. Period. Absolutely. I mean,
0: it's, it's way easier to do this way easier. I mean, and, and,
1: and you know, a lot of people probably say like, Oh, well, do you think it's, uh, you know, crowded? Like, what's your thought? Do you think YouTube's crowded? Or do you think yeah, uh, uh, podcasts are crowded?
0: That's a good question. I was actually going to ask you that same thing. Um, I, I think, and I've said this before, I think it's, the market is super duper saturated with guys that aren't serious or aren't committed or aren't yeah. willing to treat it like a business, uh, that, are, that are flashes in the pants, you know, you'll yeah. see them go, or the guys that have their Facebook 15 pro staff things, which if that's what they want to do, and that's the level that they want to be into it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but they act like they're serious, they act like it's a business. and it's just really it's just kind of this weird thing. Uh, I think it's saturated for guys that aren't serious, but for guys like you, I think it's not saturated. I think there's plenty of room. I think for guys that are willing to outwork and get above that, um, you know, and that, that was one of my questions is how do you stand out from the, from the saturation? Cause I think there's this huge freaking just pool of all this stuff down here and God bless those people. They're great people. They just don't serious. So they don't have the work ethic to make it or they're not long-term oriented. So how do you stand out above all those guys? Cause I've had that problem myself, you know, like I've had a little bit of growth, but man, I mean, not, not where I want to be. It's never as fast as we want to be. Right. But
1: no. And I think it's like you, it's tough because I, I look at like the, a lot of the podcasts coming into it and that's going to saturate the market. But at like the same time you said, like, I, I do think there are flashes in the pen. And, and you know, I, like I've told you, I said, guys that can make it past 60 episodes. Okay. Now we're talking, we're interested because it's a lot of work to get to 60 or a hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're going to get paid until then. And it's only going to get tougher for the guys coming in because, you know, before you might've been able to get paid at say episode 50, cause you could churn enough audience. But now as the, as that, as that pond grows and the number of fish grows in that pond, it's going to get tougher and tougher to to find that food source. So you know, it, it can be tougher, but at the same time, you know, everyone has their own personality. Everyone has their different little quirks. And I, I think it's tough because you, you have to kind of find your own rhythm and your own personality. But mm-hmm. that's truly what people are going after. You know, people listen to different shows that could be based on the same thing based on their personality. Take marketing, for example. I mean, if you looked in the business category of podcasts, it is insane. I mean, mm-hmm. you would have thought for sure that everything that had ever been – thought about has been done in a podcast, but yet mm-hmm. there's still, you know, shows popping up and doing well because it's their personality or their delivery or, you know, their, their little quirks that make them them. Uh, and I think the same is true. Uh, what you do have is a lot of people who tend to just copy what else, what else is out there and not kind of put their own spin on it. Maybe they don't have enough of their own voice or haven't decided that. So, you know, they look at born and raised and there's going to be a lot. And Cody's had copycats since the day he started. Yeah. Um, And he'll tell you like, he kind of got his style from on foot films, but I would say that he has developed his own style yet. You see a lot of people copying what he does, which, you know, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Right. But, you know, if you don't try to be your own voice and do your own thing, you're just that other born and raised, you know? And so like, you'll see that a lot of that and guys try to do that. Um, the hunting public is a good one. They just popped up and they definitely have their own voice, like right out the gate. uh, They're doing awesome. They're doing cool stuff. And, you know, they're very open. They're not trying to be anybody else. They're kind of, I'm sure there's, you know, YouTube guys out there like, oh, they're just like so-and-so. They're going to correct me on this. But like, from my perspective, you know, I'm like, oh man, that's interesting. They're doing cool stuff. They're doing like their own little vibe. Uh, And so they do well. And, you know, that's one that kind of popped up that caught my eye
0: uh too i was actually going to bring that up because they were like born and raised but for whitetail yeah and i didn't realize a little
1: bit different i don't think like i don't i don't look at them and say oh they copied cody at all
0: no i it's the dynamic is different but like the hunting the different states yeah yeah like you got the the icon deer tour uh uh, um, i forget who those guys are called um they were just on instagram uh anyways They've got the mule deer tour thing, the icon tour, and then you got the, these guys with the – with the. it seems like the hunting multiple states is what I meant, like – Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. – in recording it. But, yeah, I've watched their videos, and they are um, so down to earth and so, like – I feel like they're just the everyday guy with a camera in their hand, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's – uh, I really like them. I haven't watched a lot of it, but the episodes that I did watch, it was pretty cool. It was really cool.
1: But it's interesting how they can kind of come on the scene, which uh- – seems to be from out of nowhere and have their own voice and be kind of like, where did they come from?
0: (laughs) I mean, I I never heard of them. And then I looked them up on YouTube and they had like a hundred thousand subscribers. It's like, where did that come from?
1: (laughs) So it just shows it's doable for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So for, for starting out, where was your starting out? I mean, you started out in Oregon. Now you said you're in Montana. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of growth did you have in the beginning? and, And how did you stay consistent? How did you get to the point where you're at now?
1: It's a good question. I had this, that same conversation I had yesterday. We were talking about like, you know, what was the big thing that that made it? And I think it goes to like what you said, it's consistency. You know, I started out, I, I wasn't doing this to make a dollar, you know, I was kind of, you know, a doing it because I wanted to learn more. It literally was like ah, magazine articles aren't enough. I will just, there's questions I got to ask. And, and so like it started from there, but also networking. And like, so it just kind of grew from there. And networking, networking was, huge for me i think you know if i would have had to put it back to that and just consistency and and you know, there was a lot of times in the beginning where i'd look at other stats and i would think god you know like i'm not where i should be or so and so was bigger and like, i do that man it, it, <laughs> I, it was a struggle it was a struggle and i i can tell you like when you're early on you're like you know what am i doing like why is this person you know more popular why am i not getting more subscribers And you have to like always check back and be like, okay, why am I doing this? I'm doing it for the long game. I'm doing it because here's where I want to be. And so does that matter right now? No, it doesn't. And like, this is not why I'm doing it. Because I think there are a lot of things you can do to get more subscribers that are Mm going to hurt you more in the long run than the things, you know, doing the the right thing and just kind of working on that slow pace. Right. And I think that's really important. And that was, I think has helped me if you want to look back and say in the, in the, and three years isn't that long, so who knows, maybe it all crashes tomorrow. But uh, mm-hmm. if you look at like, you know, what's helped on a three year scale, I think it's that it's that being consistent and not worrying about, you know, next week's show winning, you know, the the iTunes top of whatever. Yeah. I think it's consistently trying to, you know, produce a good show and just consistently getting better, but not necessarily worrying about trying to be the most famous or, you know, make more dollars. I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to make make it profitable, you know, and trying to find the sponsors and trying to do that. And that was, you know, you spend a lot of time doing that. And I think as I unfortunately was able to not worry about that as much. And I think when I stopped worrying about it, they tend to just fall on top of each other. You know, it's like now, now people are more interested.
0: They're approaching you.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's limited space now and things are bigger, but you know, the, it seems like the less you think about it, looking back on it, the less you think about it, the the easier it is to come by that, you know, the easier things fall into place. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if it's, you know, maybe you're just worrying about different things. You're, you're focusing on creating a better content. And that's, you know, as moving forward, it's like, that's the conversations we're having, like, okay, how do we make it better? How do we make it exponentially better? You know, here's what we're doing well, here's what we could do better. How do we get there? How do we move forward? What's moving forward look like?
0: That's interesting. I want to. You made one point, kind of, uh, you know, having the slow, steady growth, than versus kind of just being that rocket ship, and yeah, I and comparing because I know everybody does that, and I am <laughs> yeah. horrible, dude. That's one of my biggest flaws. Is, you know,
1: we're humans, dude. How many, that's sub, what how we many all subs does
0: this guy at or how many followers, how many likes did that guy get? Yeah, like, I'm bigger than him, and he got more likes. That's you know, that's what the hell's yeah. going on, you know? And, metrics, man. <laughs> dude, I am I am on my YouTube analytics, like. 10 times a day cuz i want to know i just want to know like it's i hate uploading a video cuz that just means i'm going to spend hours on my phone checking youtube analytics you know like i never ever, I, you I ever heard
1: that. the term like don't look at the scale when you're trying to lose weight
0: i have i have not, and i should you know. put just delete <laughs> youtube analytics i really should but the point i want to make is cuz there's another guy that that started a little bit before me just a little bit but he's like it Twenty something. I haven't. I quit checking his his stuff. So it's been a while. But last time I checked him, he's like at twenty thousand subs.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, in my opinion, not nears is uh, quality information. Like a lot of the shit he's telling people's off. Um, yeah. But he's growing. He's growing really good. He's better. Better uh, editing software. Better. Better. You know, uh, visual content but the information is just not as good in my opinion. And uh, I compared myself, compared myself. And then I found out the other day, I'm like, you can buy subscribers. You can buy, okay. you can buy likes. I'm like, huh, there's no way. I'm like, I, all my shit's legit. You know, like I pay yeah. uh, the I Social Boost guys. I still, I'm still with them. And uh, it's, you know, 25 bucks a week or something like that. And that, you know, that, to me that's investing and that's actually actual growth. It's not fake and uh, I had that whole conversation with Taylor before I gave him any money I'm like this isn't like bs this, this is legit. and he's like yeah dude like, all right I'll try it for a week and I'm still with them so but my point is, is like you got to be got to be careful what you're comparing because how legit is that person number 1 number 2 what are they doing that you're not are they buying subscribers are they outworking your ass are they are they providing more of a value i mean you just got to stay in your lane and that's something that i i really I've really preached on, and I I tell myself all the time: you just got to put the blinders on, and stay in your lane, and just go. Like, quit paying attention to all that crap. I got guys that compare themselves to me that I'm helping grow. Like, dude, you got you know thousand views your first day. I'm like, dude, I do the same shit to born and raised. I got my first million views. I finally broke a million views. Cody broke a million views in one month. Like, (laughs) I'm like it's it's all like you said it's all scale. You got to quit comparing yourself. Like I get motivated by that because if they can do that shit, I'm not the smartest guy in the room in any room I walk into. It don't matter. Like if I can do this, so can you. And if born and raised can do it, so can I. And if Cody Rich can grow his podcast to the as big as it, so can I. You know, like it's just it shows people what can be done, not that it can't be. You know, in my opinion,
1: I think it's I think it's important to remember that nice guys finish last. They just might be down at halftime. And so (laughs) it's easy to look at guys. And I was the same way. There was other podcasts when I was coming up that were bigger. They were more popular. They were huge. And I was like, ah, you know, like this, it just, it makes you mad and it gets you frustrated about it. But, you know, the squeaker wheel gets the grease sometimes, but then the wheel falls off (laughs) when the bearings go out. So, and you see that a lot. And I really do like, it's, you got to play the long game. You got to do the right thing all the time. And you got to move in the right direction. Now, can you learn from some of the things you do, they do, or, you know, your competition does. Yeah. Is it, are analytics healthy? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm not like against analytics and just keep doing what you're doing because you might be going down the wrong road and you, you might need to know that, uh, you know, so those are important things and, and looking and you're always innovating and always pushing in the right direction. But I think at the end of the day, you can't worry about, you know, what someone else is doing. Uh, you just got to run your own race and <laughs> it's in everything dude. like, you look at like ultra runners. Most ultra runners will tell you, you got to run your own race. And if you try to beat your, your competition, you're going to lose. And it's the same way, man. Like, look at what you want to do. Like if you're like, okay, my goal is to get my wife to be able to fund my wife to work or not work, whether she wants to or not. Uh, and, and to be able to hunt as much as I want to take my kids hunting to like, to provide this life that I think I I can produce. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. So just work towards that. It doesn't matter if someone else is doing it too. Because guess what, you know, like Cody can have a YouTube channel and you can have a YouTube channel. It's not an and, it's right. not an or. It's an and. You know, you both can have it, right? And so, like, this is like Cody and I pr- promote the hell out of each other and we do things for each other because, like, uh, he can do his thing I and mean, like people can watch both of our shows. And, and I'm happy to help promote him. Happy to help promote other podcasts and things like that. Yeah, you know, like most people listen to more than one podcast. So, yeah. you know, doing those things will get you there. And I think that's that's hugely important and not to worry about, you know, the small analytics and things like that.
0: Absolutely. Let's put it this way. If, if there was room or, uh, let's say if you look at it like a pie and everybody's fighting over the same pie, it would have been over yeah. with hushin. It would have been over <laughs> with gritty. You know, it yeah. would have been, it would have been, the pie would have been gone a long time ago. And from a very successful business guy, he's like, you know, guys that have small minds or, or guys that are just stuck in the employee area. He's like, they think of pies. And if you take that piece of the pie, that's one they're not going to get. He's like, I look at it like I'm a baker and I'm making my pie and we're just creating a bigger market for everybody else. And he's like, yeah, you know, it creates more competition, but you have to think that think out of it. Like you're creating your own pie. You're, you know, that's why collaborations work. That's why collaborations are huge. That's why when I, when I get anytime I can, I, I get offers to work with porn race. I've only got like two podcasts and then the arrow episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I jump on that shit. I'll take a day off work because yeah. that is worth it. You know, that's why Hushin and born and raised. That's why you and born and raised that's collaborations are the mother of all growth. In my opinion, like yeah. I, I think they are fantastic. And if that was uh, if collaborations didn't work and all that stuff wasn't true, then yeah, maybe there would be a pie and we'd all be fighting for the same piece, but it's just, it's just
1: so how do work. you, so I, at someone at your level, how do you, mm-hmm. what recommendations do you have for creating collaborations?
0: uh me personally you can
1: kick this back to me afterwards but yeah
0: i I, I want to ask you that question because <laughs> me somebody um i get guys that want to collaborate but being able to find something where we can add enough value because a lot of times when somebody asks you to collaborate they just want your they just want you you know yeah. to help grow them right oh absolutely um so collaborations are great i always ask what's your intent you know like Yeah, it should always be centered around, you know, the end user and stuff, but there has to be growth. I mean, there's got to be a point to really doing it to make it a benefit for both users. And if if both people aren't growing out of the thing, then it's probably not a great collaboration. I've always always told, you know, being in sales previously, it's, you know, you can have a great deal, but it's not a great, a really great deal unless both parties are happy. Like, yeah, I just screwed that guy. I got a great deal. Well, if that guy's not going to do business with you in the future, how good would, of a deal was that? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, make sure you both have the same intent. Make sure you're both understand prior to going into collaboration, what the goals are. But, um, I, I completely forgot the question where I was going. That went off. A rab- level. <laughs> how
1: uh, do you, how do you, how do you get to collaborations? Like at a yeah. level, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that are like, Hey, you know, like what's, what's the secret to getting collaborations? So, God?
0: My thing is, first of all, you got to ask, and I'm, I, you know, a guy like me, I'm always down to help people. Like I, I, YouTube, I am an open book podcast. I'm an open book when I actually start getting sponsors and actually get, start getting private deals. That's when I, you know, that's shit remains private, but that's Mm -hmm. why I tell people what I make on YouTube. I don't care. That's not coming out of anybody's pocket, but YouTube, and that's everything that I've created. Right. So Mm -hmm. if people want to know, you know, X, Y, Z, I'll tell them. Uh, but for, for collaborations, if you're going to collaborate with somebody, make sure you have the, the stuff down pre pre-plan it. Don't, just don't go into it willy nilly, make sure there's an end benefit and then criteria for actually collaborating. Uh, I want to see that you're, I, I don't want to be wasting my time. man. I know it sounds douchey. I don't want to be wasting my time with somebody that's going to freaking go quit next week. You know, like yeah. it's, there's gotta be, there's gotta be somebody that's earned it. I, I, Took a guy out bear hunting who was hitting me up on Facebook all the time. We're friends today now. Never met the guy, never taken a stranger out hunting. You know, but he for about a year and a half, almost every day, he was, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, <laughs> asking me questions. He's like, you know, I really like to come out hunting. I'm like, you know, I talked to my wife about it, took him out, had him kill a bear. First half hour we took him out. He's like got invited to his wedding, you know, like the guy's a great guy. And it's just stuff like that. Like, uh, for example, Chasing Moby. Do you know who Chasing Moby is? Huh. He's a smaller guy, um, in uh, Medford, and the guy's probably one of the best networkers I've ever met. He got probably I don't know how many guys all at one little private bow shoot at his buddy's house. He got me, Blacktail Bandits, the bear bear hunt, uh, bear bow hunter himself. Like he got all these guys in social media connected. And now everybody's like collaborating and helping each other grow. I just thought that was really cool. Collaborating with guys like that, you know, that's going to help each other grow guys that have, um, you know, I'm not going to go out and and collaborate with somebody that's smoking pot in their videos or drinking beer or has Mm -hmm. the keystone, you know, hashtag keystone in their pictures. I'm not going to collaborate with that. It's gotta, it's gotta be in line with my beliefs and the way I want to project myself, you know? Yeah. But,
1: but, you know, like, some success can come from like knowing what to say no to. And it gets tough because like you want to help everyone. Like I try to help everyone, but at the end of the day, if I helped everyone, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't you wouldn't I have, have any
0: have time, time for yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, I have enough irons in the fire that I just kind of got to keep to that. And so it, it gets tough. I got, I could get it. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of guys out there like, Hey, I don't know how many emails a week we get that are like, Hey, yeah. we should, hey you should do a podcast with me. I, you know, like, no offense, I don't know who you are. Like, I don't, I honestly don't follow social media as much as people think. Uh, you know, so I'm just busy and, you know, I'll glance at it a few times, you know, throughout the day or answer questions when I can, but it's like, I don't sit there all day and just scroll through social media. So I don't know a lot of these people. And so it's like, hey, do you show me on a podcast? Like, I, Who are you? Like, well, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't even answer that because there's just too many of those. Well, let's put Whereas, it this way. What was
0: the, what was the catalyst for you working with somebody smaller like me? What, what, what was the
1: it goes back to like you know like you you had talked about like hey putting in the work like you probably what when's the first time you hit me up about something
0: back in june at so least So
1: probably the first time you hit my radar right yeah and it's like okay this kid's you know Just into it a whatever yeah. yeah starting a podcast like it's I see that a lot. So I like note it, but he's like, okay, now he's working on board Rays and Ray. doing this. He's like, he's grinding. Right. And like, okay, I check out your YouTube channel. Like, Oh, he's got some good stuff. Like he knows what he's talking about. I like his style. And so like, to me, when it boils down to it, it's a matter of working with people who I think are going to be there in the long game.
2: Mm-hmm. So who's
1: going to be around 10 years from now, who's going to be the players 10 years from now. And that's, you know, working with them. And I, you know, it's me looking at the long game of, Who's going to be there in the long game? You know, I want to help those guys. Uh, but going back to like, you know, hey, you're trying to collaborate. You know, the guy's saying, hey, get, put me on your podcast. As you know, like creating content, you produce, you know, we produce three shows a week. For me, to like to do that, like I I run out of content, right? And so like if someone kicked me like, hey, I've never heard this on a podcast. I would love to talk about this. Here's why I'm an extra, blah, blah done what's your like let's set it up here here's my go-to meeting you know calendar here's whatever and, and it's, it's that simple you know like here you're taking the work off that person and so my advice to other people would be like mate how do we make it easy and how do i provide 51 value so say i wanted to be on your show and i'm like i know your content inside and out i'm like hey you haven't talked about this i think this would be a great topic for your audience it would mm-hmm. provide a lot of value and here's my talking points blah 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 you're going to be like, yes, you just saved me a lot of work of coming up with the next idea, <laughs> yeah. And you laid it out there in a, you know, a, a very presentable proposition, right? Yeah. And if you said no, like, okay, cool, no worries, and then recircle it or whatever. Yeah. I think a lot of guys uh, don't. I mean, it's so simple when you really think about it, but you know, it's it's not something that people tend to do. Right. So it's a matter of doing that. And I think when it comes to like going back to like collaborations, I think it's just a matter of. For me, uh, you know, who's going to be there? Who can I help? I want to help people. Uh, but again, I, I like your idea, like, they got to put in a little bit of the work. I'm not just going to hand it to people.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, the guys that I, you know, there's a huge glob of guys down in Medford that are that are trying to get into the industry. And, and all of them, I, I'm proud to call them friends. Like, they've done some really cool stuff for veterans and stuff, taking them out hunting. And and as douchey as it, as it sounds, I look at that, like, time spent, like, not only just developing a friendship, but that's also an investment. You know, that's an investment because if they, if they do grow and they do get huge, I'm going to want to work with them anyways. You know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm placing my bets in people. If I'm spending time with you, it's because I believe in in that person. It's because I believe that in the long run, like you said, long-term, I can't be spending time with flash in the pants. I can't, I don't have enough time. My wife tells me all the time, like, I'm telling her of ideas and projects I want. She's like, dude, stop. You're, you're not a professional plate spinner. You know, you're going to start. Yeah. yeah. He's like, just because I was, I was going to do Operation operation blessed hero, uh, 2.0 this year. Cause we've done one in the past where we get a, a, a bow shop to give us a super good deal. And we, we just give away the bow to a veteran law enforcement, you know, operation blessed hero. And she's like, you don't have time for that Garrett. Like stop, yeah. like focus. And he's like when you become more successful, that's when you can have time for that. I'm like, okay. You know, it's like I just want to help too many people, but at the same time, you gotta say no. And and you said that, and and I, and I struggle with that personally, saying no to people. I'm up yeah. until midnight, one o'clock on Instagram, messaging people almost every night. Like, just yeah. yeah, you know, you can do this or you can do this or try this, you know, poundage, you know, or whatever, you know, just constantly yeah. doing that. But I look at that like time spent as an investment because time that is that is your most valuable thing i think anybody has is time i mean all your money spent you know trying to get time all your money going to work is so you can have money to go do things you want with your time vacation is so valuable for people i mean they made it a law, paid time off in oregon that's a law. you know <laughs> time is your most valuable resource and and being able to say no is going to be one of your most valuable things in my opinion because it's going to keep you from working with people that you probably shouldn't be but yeah
1: and I think the other thing, it's interesting if we're on the on the thread of uh, kind of getting it. I hate the term getting into the industry. I prefer like, I don't know. There's no good term. But like you can't like. You it just feels just dirty, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels like, I don't know. It's just shady. But it's like doing what you love. I don't care what it is. Uh, you know, whether it's the gun industry, the hunting industry, no matter what it is. Like it's an mm-hmm. industry, I guess you call it like, hey, doing what you love and getting paid for it. I think people underestimate, you know, they, they see everyone doing it. And so it's easy to replicate, but it's the, the formula of like, Hey, get famous and people pay you. And I don't think that's the only formula. I'd like to like, see more people like, okay, how do I, how do I just make money doing what I love? And what's that look like? And so as we see a lot of people building podcasts, YouTube's like, okay, that's, that's an easy formula. Like, Hey, get famous. People will give you stuff, money, whatever it is. And you get to go do those things and be that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of other ways to do it though. That's what's interesting to me.
0: That's, that's a good point. And, and like I said, how many celebrities can we have in the outdoor industry? I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. good to get, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I and why would you want to be a celebrity? You couldn't go anywhere in peace. You couldn't eat. I mean, if I saw Jim Shockey, you bet your ass I'd take out my phone and take a selfie with him. Like yeah. I'm a chump like that. I, you know, if I saw so-and-so, I'm like, I'm going to get, at least try and say, shake his hand, you know, like yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want that, you know, I, I don't know. And there's, there's gotta be, everybody's, they want to be the guy, right? And and the way to put it is, you know, you see Jim Shockey. Well, are you willing to do what got Jim Shockey there? And for most people, they say yes, but really it's a no because that guy went through, you interviewed him, and I was so pumped about that because I'm a huge huge Jim Shockey fan. And, uh, you know, not everybody is going to be willing to do what that guy did to get where he's at. Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan did what Michael Jordan was willing to do. And yeah. really anybody is willing to do what Michael Jordan did to get, I I've heard stories about that guy growing up that he couldn't dribble with his left hand and how uh, just what he did to be able to get the fundamentals. LeBron James is LeBron James for a reason. Cameron Haynes is Cameron Haynes. Cause that guy's fucking insane. No one's willing to do what he's willing to do. Right. But yeah. If you want to be these guys, you got to be willing to give up what they've given up and do what they've done. I mean, that's period while all which, being, so.
1: which is interesting too, because like, you got to make some hard choices cause to be at that level. And I think everyone wants to be at that level, but man, the sacrifices are steep there. And you want to talk about like, Hey, you know, not just leaving your kids home with the wife, like
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> Jim Shockey is probably, you know, like <laughs> gone more than he's, he's definitely gone more than he's home. And like, so you got like, not only are you willing to outwork the competition, like, are you willing to sacrifice? And that's, man, that's tough. And I think it's interesting to watch how the levels just keep growing. You know yeah. like, what you what is what is cool yesterday is like average, you know now, and what can not you know? Cameron Haynes is just, you know running, doing his thing, and like it's so next level. It's like how how is someone going to top that? Like how is someone going to be like, yeah, I run twenty four hours a day for a month straight, you know? Like what are you sat like? At what point is it,
0: man, yeah? Yeah. What are you doing for the rest 11 months of the year? You're sitting on the yeah. couch. You know, this guy yeah. does, this guy lives that he lives. Yeah. That. And I, and that's where, you know, you got to find your niche and you got to be yourself. It gets exhausting when you're not being yourself. I've tried, you know, taking bits and pieces from other people that make them successful and making this weird, you know, back when I was trying to figure myself out. And I'm like, that's exhausting, man. You just got to
1: be you found your voice yet. Huh? Do you think you found your voice quote unquote
0: very recently? I do. Uh, I did an episode that was uncut. I thought I knew my, you know, I knew my demographics. I knew male to female ratios, all this stuff. I knew my audience, right? Well, I did this uncut the other day. And if you haven't tell, I'm a little bit looser with my language on my podcast now. I did This uncut and the uncut, I did an unedited version and an edited version of the same podcast. Yeah. It was a Blacktail episode and the unedited version outperformed it by, I think now it's actually doubled the other one's numbers. Really? And it was like, Why is that? Because it was unedited. People are tired of, you know, people don't care if I say shit on the podcast. And like, I was like, I would edit that out. I would do this, you know, granted, you got to keep it. You pull the reins back. You can't get crazy because that could cost you partnerships in the future. Guys aren't going to want to partner with somebody that sounds like they have Tourette's. But, um, (laughs) you know, I mean, you got to, you got to keep it within reason, right? Bring your brain with Uh, it. But unedited, it was just guys ate that shit up, man. Like they loved it. Like they, the conversation, I didn't get any compliments on the unedited one. Everything I got was on the edit or on the edit. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. All the compliments were on the unedited one. I didn't get anything on the edited version. Um, I got, you know, three or 400 downloads, you know, that's yeah. average for me, which is another area I want to ask you about. Um, but the other one like literally doubled the other one's numbers. It was really <laughs> weird. And I uploaded them at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And I think authenticity is is growing and we've seen it in the last few years, but I don't think any, I think it's very underestimated. Uh, and it's it's hard because I feel like when you're not anybody or you're new, you like, you feel like you got to have a slightly polished. And I don't think I ever needed a, a polished version. I think from the get go, you know, <laughs> I was very much a Tim Ferriss fan. And I knew that Tim Ferriss is, he is Unpolished on purpose, like he goes out of his way to make sure you you realize he's unpolished, and I like that, you know, and that's what people like about Tim, and I I tried to be that from the beginning, and I think you still come off as polished. It's really hard to not be, right? And you know, I asked you if you had found your voice, and it's interesting because I you would ask me that episode one hundred, and I was like, yeah, I probably found my voice, you know, (laughs) episode, and then I'm you know episode two hundred, I'm probably like, oh. It probably wasn't until the 100th episode. Really? And now we're like 300 deep. And I really don't know when I found, you know, like it's slowly. Hmm. But I have the wherewithal to know that probably in, in another 50 or 100 episodes, I'll look back and be like. I, I didn't, have didn't have it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have it then. Yeah. And, yeah. you know,
0: when when I hit 100, you should probably call me and like, hey, did you find it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm probably like, no.
1: <laughs> I, I guarantee I didn't have my, my like i you know voice quote unquote or like grow into like who you're gonna be and that's an never changing thing and so i but i definitely was very scripted very polished that's in good. a way first one to a hundred for sure
0: yeah well like when we started this conversation i don't know if it's gonna make it in the podcast because we were just i just hit record when we started talking yeah. um uh, you know i was like my first like bunch of episodes all the ums were edited out. I even did yeah. it for the guests, right? I was like, I want them to sound the best they can, you know, like, yeah. and then I'm like, why am I doing this? This is exhausting. I'm like, I'm, I told myself I'm not going to do this as this is what having a podcast is because <laughs> this is not fun. Yeah. And it got so good. I could look at a sound bar and I could tell you where the ums were without listening at it. Cause it's, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a little hump. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so anyways, like it may be, you know, maybe just cause here's an example, like Royce chambers for the Bowhike hike podcast. Sure. Um, friend of mine wasn't a friend until he reached out and said, Hey, I'm, you know, for lack of better words, I don't think he said fan, but he's like, I, I like to follow you. You know, you're, you know, you're a local guy. I'm a local guy. Let's go shoot. So we went and shot and uh, he helped me out with Hudu cause he wanted to just hang out. So he helped me. I would have been so screwed without him. Go to Hudu, set up my booth podcast and everything up there. And when we get back um, he's like, dude, you cuss. I was like, yeah like he's like you don't do that and you're like i was so, i was watching my language the whole time i was around you he's like dude you're you're like you're so forgetful and you cuss all the time i'm like that's, that's me like i'm like i and i've done such a horrible job of maybe coming through on on the podcast is that i've been afraid you know like i wanted to be so polished so clean so cut you know like
2: yeah.
0: and now like after the unedited I don't hardly edit my my podcast anymore and my best friend told me that on episode one he's like i listen to you he's like don't stop doing that
2: like, you <laughs> that's know. interesting
0: yeah he knew he's like guys don't want to hear you he's like guys will listen to you he's like guys will listen to you more if you quit doing that shit." i'm like
1: yeah if you, if you just for you i i think it's i think we underestimate how much we can read a person's language like you're just talking to your buddy right like if you and i we're shooting bows and we're just bullshitting. And, you know, and that's the conversation we're having. Wow, our brains are really good at picking that up and perceptually. And, and like we put this filter up when this guy's like, well, Garrett, this is how it's going to be today. And we're going to yeah. do this. And like, we're so tired of that. Right. And so like, I think we don't even realize that we recognize the difference between two dudes having a conversation mm-hmm. and two dudes having an edited scripted podcast. Yeah. And this, it's interesting. Is,
0: this is a conversation. This yeah. is, this is going to be a great, I, I'm going to call it right now. It's going to be a great episode. Guys are going to love it because you and I have never talked before, but we're talking like we've been friends for fucking yeah. years, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I,
1: the, well, going back to that, you were talking about like uh, the, like unedited whatever. So when we started, I had this idea that I just want to record what was going to happen for my hunting season. Like I was like, I could just turn a mic on and see what's going to happen. And I was like, worst case i don't ever produce it but it's you know it'll be cool to look back uh and whatever and so i hit that thinking i hit record thinking like oh we could we could make a one hour podcast out of this and when we got done i don't remember how many hours and hours of audio it was and and realistically i got back from my first trip it was a terror not terrible it just wasn't like this action-packed thing that was gonna make sense and i like i told john i'm like let's just let's just kick it out. I was like, listen to it first. And if I'm not crazy, I think we should just put it out. I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this, uh-huh. but I almost don't want to know the end before I start producing. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like, I want this to be like, I have no idea where this is going and neither does anyone else, but this is, you know, this is what's happening. It's a, you're documenting versus creating and you hear Gary talk about that all the time. And it was like, okay, let's just do that. And I didn't even listen to it because I knew it was bad. I didn't, uh, you know, like, <laughs> I just thinking back a few times being like, I don't know if I should yeah, I might want to edit that out. And I was like, I don't want to be the guy that edits it because I don't I'll pull stuff out that I don't probably shouldn't be pulled out. And so we went into this, like, no idea where we're going, no idea what it's gonna look like, but let's just hit, you know, send. Let's just ship it and see what happens. What's the worst? You know, I don't think everyone's gonna drop off the podcast. Mm -hmm. But it turned out really good. Having said that, apparently I was cussing like a sailor while I'm hunting by myself, <laughs> uh, which I did get some comments. And so I respect the old timers. Like, I, that, I could go on a long tangent about cussing, but, you know, I, I respect some of the old timers and some of the people are like, hey, would love to listen to your podcast, but I got kids in the car, so I can't.
0: Uh, um, yeah, see, I've, I've worried about that myself.
1: And, like, as someone who respects their elders a lot, it was tough for me. And I've, it, it stung a little because there were some old timers that were like, you know, Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. Give me a rap. <laughs> uh, that was tough. Uh, but then there was guys who were like, Oh, I wouldn't change a, a damn thing. <laughs> you know? And so it, you do, it, it's tough. And you, I'm sure you'll get this. Like you you start cussing on the podcast. And, and I think the limited amount is fine, but sometimes the old timers will.
0: Yeah. It's really weird. Here's, tell me what you think about this. Cause I, in a YouTube video have never cussed and will not cuss in a YouTube video. But on the podcast, it's fair game.
1: Is it against YouTube?
0: No, I just, I just, like, I I have this thing in my head where it's like, I don't want this kid to be learning about archery, like, because I have, and then have, you know, me saying blah, 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 and what what are you watching, Billy, you know, get that guy off your TV, you know, like, but it's literally the same, I don't know, why is it, why is that fair game, why is the podcast fair game, and why is the YouTube channel not, I don't know. (laughs)
1: I don't know. I think it depends on content. Well, obviously I don't think there's a whole lot of little kids that are listening to our conversation about this. Um, and if they're over 15, I'm pretty sure they're cussing anyway.
0: Yeah. My, my biggest chunk, what's your biggest, my, my demographic is uh, my age. It's like, I'm 29. My demographic is pretty much my age. Like I think, uh, 40% of my audience is between 28 and 32.
1: I think that's the primary demographic for podcasts right now. Is Uh, that's pretty much mine too. I mean, it goes
0: Uh, mine on YouTube as well. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I would say twenty four to like it's twenty four to thirty four or something like that.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, because it's like that's like my huge thing. I'm like, guys my age don't care, so I'm like, maybe I'm not. just gonna cater to the to the masses on that one. But again, I never want to be that guy where somebody's listening to me and then I'm like they shut me off because I'm not being a good influence on the younger on the younger generation or yeah, or like like you said, I have guys that maybe listen to this with their kid. I've never got a a, a complaint, Um, but you know, I don't want to. I don't want to because some some guys can't listen to the Shoot in the Bull podcast. And I've seen. You know, I love Josh and Ty, but some guys won't listen to that with their kids in the car.
1: I wouldn't let my kids listen to Josh and Ty, and I've hung out with Josh and Ty a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I, you're, are you? Is you know, is, at what point is is being too uh, open uh, a hindrance?
1: Um, I think there's a, I mean, there's always a line, right? And I think as long as you're hitting the the masses line, which is. It's tough to say, you know, like, obviously, if you're dropping 32 F-bombs in a podcast, that's probably <laughs> too much. Uh, and if, if you're just being real and candid, I think it's appropriate, you know, like, yeah. if that's, you're always going to piss some people off and, and some people are going to love it. So yeah. you, like, you've probably heard it, you can't please everyone, right? And I think Tim Ferriss is pretty adamant about, I'm not trying to please everyone with every episode. I'm trying to create the best podcast anyone's ever listened to, to like 10% of my fans and that 10% may change. But if someone listens to a podcast like, Oh my God, that was, you know, that was the greatest thing I needed to hear that. Because I think when you try to take your content, this is probably applicable to YouTube or podcasting. You're like, okay, I'm trying to make a content that's going to reach the most amount of people. You're kind of getting a bland piece of content. Whereas if you try to create content that ten percent of your audience is gonna love and ten mm-hmm. percent of your audience is gonna hate, then you're you're gonna have more people who are, are diehard fans. You're gonna get closer to that thousand true fans.
2: Okay. You ever, you ever heard sense. Kevin
1: Kelly's thousand true fans? Mm-mm. So thousand true fans are like the th- You have a thousand people that just absolutely love you mm-hmm. and would be willing to pay for what you do. Now, it can you get closer to that if you have content that really resonates with people. So if you're trying to create stuff that meets everyone, like you're trying to create content that works for the entire YouTube sphere, right? Like everyone on YouTube is going to love it. No one is going to truly love that piece of content. If you're just creating something that everyone's going to be okay with. But if you create stuff that's going to reach a certain audience very well, and you can switch that around, you know, like maybe it's a different piece of content every time.
0: That, you know, listening to you say that, I just thought of one video I uploaded. It's literally my most popular video on YouTube. It's my most liked video, and it's also my most disliked video. It's got what's the most, most views, most comments, most everything. I made the most off that video. I made over a grand off of that one video. Wow. And um, what's it about? It's just bow comparisons. Oh, okay. I wasn't pulling punches. <laughs> I, shot, I shot three uh, flagship bows. I might have been four flagship bows. No, it was three, and uh, it, was year. it was last year's last year's Hoyt Bowtech in uh, Matthews. And I'm so unbiased. Like, if I don't like something about a bow, I'm gonna tell you about it. Like, it's my okay. opinion, you know. And so I did that, and you know, the Matthews guys hated me. The Hoyt guys probably hated me too, and the Bowtech guys probably hated me because I never, I don't, I won't stroke a, a Bowtech. Hi there. Uh, Oh, she probably can't hear me. There's somebody in the Uh, back. Um, Yeah. (laughs) She like stuck her head out and then like back up. Uh, You know, my thing is is like I've joked around, but I'll never be sponsored by a bow company because if they come out with a bad bow that year, I'm going to let people know. Like I'm not going to. That's
1: that's interesting you say that. And I think it's important. Uh, You know, you've probably heard the term like whenever you see yourself on on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. One of the things if you watch say Snyder, so Aaron's not really sponsored by anyone. Um, so he's willing to give his honest opinion. Right. And so it would be interesting. And I've thought about this a lot and I'm kind of, I'm kind of, on the wrong side of the fence on this, but you know, it's something that crosses my mind. So I'm curious what you think, but you know, everybody in the industry is got sponsors and that's kind of the go-to, right? It's like, Oh, well you get sponsored by Matthews and you get a free bow and you get, Mm -hmm. you know, sponsored by first sight and you get first sight gear. But if everyone's doing that, the guy that can be authentic, like when you do that bow video, that's unheard of, right? Like Mm -hmm. nobody's going to bash their thing because they're trying to get paid by Matthews someday or they're trying to get paid by Hoyt someday. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You made a thousand dollars off of that video. You could have bought a new boat. Yeah,
0: yeah, I bought. Yeah, I told uh, when I recorded this, I'm like, man, this video someday is going to pay for itself. And then, uh, it's, yeah, it was like probably three hours worth of work.
1: Yeah, it's but like, yet, so, you know, people will stroke the ego of Matthews or Hoyt or whoever the flavor of the week it. is. I don't because get it. they're going to get a free boat. Yeah, and so I, I do see that as being, you know, advice to guys coming up. Like, man, you know, I'm kind of. And it's hard because a lot of mine like say sponsors or whatever, like first light I've known Kenton. I met Kenton in 2008 before I was in the hunting industry or anything mm-hmm. and became friends and he's a good guy. And, and we started, I uh, had the ammo company and so I was trading him ammo for camo way back in the day. That's right. uh, I don't even think that, I don't know if that's legal or not, but we did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we were just trading and so we became good buddies. And so then like that relationship is hard for me to, you know, to go anywhere else or do anything else. But I, I do see a huge benefit. If I was coming into industry cold, I would try to be more on the side of authenticity, authenticity than I would be like, hey, I'm going to you know, be best friends with the guys that name your product so I can mm-hmm. get a free product.
0: Right. Well, like the born and raised guys, how many ads do you see them do during their land of the free project? You really don't. I mean, they just yeah. wear the gear. People ask questions. Hey, yeah, this is what we're using. Benchmark is probably the only one. Yeah. That's the only one that I can think of. I mean, yeah. they don't say, hey, oh, here's my new Hoyt and blah, 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 blah. blah. Maybe, maybe a small Instagram post on it. Yeah. That's, you know, that's about it. And if I was going, you know, okay, here's long-term versus short-term. If I wanted to be sponsored by a bow company, I probably already could be as far as sponsor. Okay. My thing was sponsored, I'm, I'm a little bit older thing. Sponsor is money and my, you know, when I grew up, if you were sponsored, you were getting paid. Now today, it seems like sponsored is getting free products and I don't know- yeah. I don't know if that's accurate in your opinion. Cause you've got way more experience with that stuff than I do.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I sponsored is free product and like you and I have talked about this. Like there's just so many players in the game that, that now being, if you're a company, like I work on both sides of it, right? I have shooters that are sponsored and they get free ammo. Uh, and that's been going on a long time. And I mean, there's so many people that are willing to do it that I can just give away free ammo. I'm not going to pay anyone. Why would I pay anyone? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just some kid that's, I could give 10 kids with 10,000 followers on Instagram free ammo versus trying to pay the guy with 100,000. And right. that's just the, that's the name of the game. It's supply and demand. And there's just enough kids coming up. And so, you know, kids get, people get mad about it. I don't want to say kids. People get mad about it because, like, well, nobody wants to pay. Well, it's just yeah. a supply and demand problem.
0: Right. All how, do you, how do you get around that, though? Because, uh, you know, I, I've been telling, you know, some, 51% value. 51% goes, value. Go to the, explain it on that. Cause I, I, am not actually familiar with that term. Like I've never so,
1: heard. So if you want something from anyone, you have to create 51% value. So say you want a thousand dollars a month from XYZ company. Okay. You better be willing to give them a thousand and one dollars or you know, if not more a thousand dollars in return is probably not. So you got to give them $1,500 in value. So if I can go to you, say you own, mm. I don't know. Uh, my phone's in here. So you own the company that that sells my phone case. Right. And I'm like, Hey, I'll post on Instagram. If you give me a thousand dollars a month, you can like, you're high. I can give (laughs) a thousand dollars in phone cases to probably a thousand people and get more than that. Right. So if I was like, okay, well I can get you in front of my email list. That's a million people and converts at 20% you know, obviously we're, we're talking cash now. So Mm -hmm. So how do I clearly define it? And which is getting tough because in this day and age, like everyone wants to see these analytics. So no one judges just pure marketing or exposure on anything. So if you can show, you know, that me sponsoring your podcast, like say Backcountry fuelbox, fuel box, right? Yeah. So you want money for my box and I'll be like, okay, show me how you're going to get that money. Uh, so you're going to say, well, you know, you know, we have a million people on our email list and a million people follow our YouTube channel, or here's what we're going to do. Or you say, Hey, you know, we'll get you in front of this many people. You have to show a dollar value for it. So if you can come to me and say, Hey, uh, you're going to be in every video we do this year and, and everyone's different. So you got to learn what they want or don't want. Cause obviously, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of companies don't want you to just blatantly be like, Hey, use my code, blah blah, 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 blah. And so it's all a matter of just finding out what that company wants and how you can produce value for them. Hmm. Like if you can and show me the dollar value, yeah, I'll pay you dollars, actual dollars. Hmm. But if you're like, hey, we're just going to put it in your YouTube video. Think about it from my perspective. How many kids are willing to put backcountry fuel box in their YouTube videos for a free box? A Unlimited amount. Yeah. Unlimited amount, right? Mm-hmm. So how are you going to come to me and say, well, hey, if you give me a thousand bucks, you know, we'll do a video. I can get as many people or um, enough people mm-hmm. to do it for free that I don't need to pay anybody a thousand bucks. That's interesting. Because so then you, you just go back to the drawing board and say, okay, well, how do I how do I provide a thousand dollars of value to Cody Rich? You know, like how do I to the backcountry fuel bar or so whatever it may be? You know, and like, okay, we're gonna do this thing and we're gonna get X amount of pictures. You know, you're like it's just a matter of what that company wants or what they need right
0: that's really interesting because i've i've been running into that because as i'm trying to grow everything i'm trying to get more uh revenue to to just shove right back mm-hmm. into it right like i'm not going out to dinner with my youtube money i, I don't do that
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, you know and and, I, and i'm struggling here and i'm like offering companies you know exposure and for companies that i've done products on i've I, you know uh I don't know if I should be saying this, but for companies that I've done products on, it's been like one to 2% conversion for actually legit sales, which is 2% is really good. Usually it's like one to a half a percent on YouTube. And so that's really good. You know, it sounds really bad, but it's not, not bad. Well, when you get for a certain company, you get, I think one, just one year, it was like 361,000 views that were specifically for that product. And then it's like, okay, you start doing the math. You're like, man, you know, there's a really good value there. you know. And, and I don't have that for a lot of companies. And that I, I've been running into that. It's like, man, pro- free products don't pay my bills, guys. Like, I need, yeah, no. I'm, I'm a business just like you are. You know, how can we make this work? And since I've been having that conversation, um, it's really been dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end. And I've had one company that is like, all right, maybe I'll rep your, you know, your stuff for a year if it's good, you know, cause I don't have a lot of experience with it. Let me use it first. If I like it a year from now, we're going to have a conversation where you're actually paying me dollars if it works out, because I'm not yeah. going to be getting free products. I'm not going to retire on free products. So,
1: but it also goes back to long game I and mean, you you were talking about who you want to collaborate with. Look at yeah. a business. They're thinking the same thing. Like mm. who's this kid? You know, they don't know.
0: Is he going to be, so, be around?
1: Is he going to be around? Is it not going to be around? Like how do I do long game? And so, you know, companies are looking at it the same way and it's like, okay, if, if you read this for a year, then we'll talk, you know, like mm-hmm. how much are you doing? And so like playing along and that's worked for me. I mean, well take first light, obviously there was a little bit different issue there, but I never mm-hmm. asked for anything like really? at all, you know, for it came week, to you? But, well, it was just kind of like, <laughs> it was more like a, Hey, we should, we should like <laughs> make this a real thing or something like that. It's uh, really <laughs> not much still. It was just like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when the the owner and I just kind of had a relationship forever yeah. and, but obviously they can look at it as like, oh, well, Cody's been wearing First Life for over 10 years. Uh, I think he's committed to the brand, yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so I think that adds a lot of value. And it's tough because as like, you know, a podcaster, a YouTuber, you don't, you don't have a year. You're like, I don't have a year to like just rep your company for no reason if you right. fail on me. <laughs> and so like, it's, but it boils down to a supply and demand issue, man. And that it, that's, that's the inherent problem. So like, how, how are you going to stand out? That's all it is. It's like, how do you provide more value? What can you do that others can't
0: do? I, I have written down right here. Uh, <laughs> show you. How, how do you stand out? <laughs> so, and that's it. Dude, that's, that's simple. <laughs> it's simple.
1: It's simple. It's like, how do you provide 51% of the value?
0: And that's it. That's, that's the secret. That's it makes sense secret. to me, you know, like it's,
1: it's simple in principle, but obviously like creating that can be hard.
0: Yeah. So, how hard was it for you to get to this point where you're actually, I mean, you're, you're, you don't have a day job. You work for yourself. You're an entrepreneur, right? How long did it take you to make that transition from working for somebody else?
1: Which is, it, it's probably looking the outside, looking in, you're probably like, Oh man, you started this podcast. But realistically it's taken a long damn time. You know, I <clears throat> built my first company. It was actually owned by someone else. And I kind of, I read the four hour work week, started it, built that. And so I spent two years of nights and weekends building that for someone else. And it wasn't until 2012, you know, that I got the opportunity to buy it back or buy it from the, from the owner. And that's when it went full time. And then it was probably another two years of just struggles, you know, and like, uh, yeah, just learning by failure and trying to work through those things. And so when I built the podcast, it was like my technically second build you know, second company I had built. Um, and then there was like another one in between that failed and, and you know, went under. And so like, I still think I'm making this up as I go. Like I'm not successful by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, it's just, it's a process, dude. It's like, it's you're learning all the time and, and I don't think it goes back to like, you're, you're trying to ask me and it's not technically asking me, but like you're looking for the answer of like, Hey, when am I going to be successful? Like, when's this all get mm-hmm. easier? Yeah. And like, I think the second you learn that it's like a process and it's all just a matter of making it up as you go. And there's no end, like you're never going to be successful. Life gets more expensive. You know, you, the kid, you, then you'll have kids and they're more expensive and time becomes less. And so it's just a, it's a process, you know, like, and it's, I think it's easier because for me, when I, I was always just like, man, if I could just get over this hump, I'll be successful. If I could just <laughs> do this, I'll be successful. And then you realize you're never really going to feel successful. Like, there's always the next thing. Yeah. You know? And what is success today looks different than it did for me four or five years ago. And so, like, I'm always like, man, if I could just get over that next hump. But once you start embracing that, dude, it's like it just starts to flow. And then you're like, okay, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. I love building things, mm-hmm. I love building my own thing. And that's what's, you know, success is to me is like having the ability to do that and just getting to do it every day yeah. and thinking outside the box. So I think when you get there and you're not just looking for like, oh, what is, where's what is the finish, where's the finish line at? There's no finish line, man. <laughs> just like, you just keep going and the goals keep growing.
0: I love, I love to hear you say that. Cause my, my thing was, I've been reaching out to guys that are similar in the industry and, and they have YouTube channels and it says sponsored, sponsored, sponsored. And then they, again, every single one of them, like you said. Free Doesn't mean anything. free products. Yeah. <laughs> none of these guys are making a dollar, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just thinking like, man, you know, I put so much thought into this lately, all that time I could have been putting into making podcasts or making videos instead of just, I don't know. It's, it just seems like a lot of mental masturbation just hanging around, trying to think <laughs> of ways that rather than just doing it. You know,
1: dude, I beat my head against the wall for years. Like, <laughs> like, to the point where when you when it comes down to like that's how you pay your mortgage and that was me yeah 2013 12 yeah 12 13 14 15 it was like trying to figure out how to pay the mortgage it It was was like man i need to make sales and you get backed up against the wall and it's it's hard to operate when you're backed up against the wall and you're trying to make short-term gains because right now you're focusing on short-term gains and i've mm -hmm. been there because you're like I got I to gotta make money now, got to make money now, whether it's like to pay the mortgage or to do whatever. And mm-hmm. you operate differently when you're backed against the wall versus when you're like, okay, my base income is covered. Now I can do, I can think about bigger things, think about long-term things. think, of, And like you you start to grow because you're not backed up against the wall thinking about how I'm going to make $1,000 this week to pay the mortgage. You're thinking about like, okay, where's my legacy going? Where's, you know, the whole big picture going? You know, you're looking at, at clouds and dirt like gary says you know you're looking farther into the clouds and and the dirt dirt kind of just forms itself in front of you and it's it's easier said than done right like you know i've been in your position where you're like man i just need like 100 more subscribers and i could get this or like (laughs) how am i going to get paid how am i going to get to that thousand dollars a month blah 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 blah. and it's tough to even like consider what you know your youtube channel looks like in 10 years when (laughs) when you're just like how do i get paid today yeah so, well, that's but th- I think the, the closer you can get to looking long term the, suddenly the dirt starts to form in front of itself yeah
0: well I did start the podcast earlier saying you know I, I didn't care if I made money in the first years like I care I should I should preface that because now we're talking about it and it's important it is important to me right because yeah. you know, bottom line it is important I'm not going to quit because I didn't, you know, yeah, like yeah. that's, that's probably where I should, I should preface that because I, and as this conversation develops. It's going to sound like that's all I've been thinking about. Um, but it but, is
1: like, that's what makes you keep going or that's, what's going to keep the wheels turning. Right. Like that's yeah. just say like I'm in business because I want to make money. Well, to me making money doesn't mean shit, but it does keep the lights on so I can keep building when I'm building. Yeah. And so like the same thing for you you're starting a podcast or starting a YouTube, everyone goes through this, you know, like do you care about money not really like it's not like you're like oh, i need this money but at the end of the day you still get like it takes money to build cool things right mm-hmm. so for me it's like man i get, I want to do cool things that haven't been done before you know i'm looking at podcasts in a new way doing these long-form podcasts and doing these things but the money is just not there and so like i need the money to create more content to kind of build in that direction you want to yeah. build right and so like You're still thinking about it, yeah? Because
0: me, I'm using a four hundred dollar laptop that's four years old. I'm using a demo version (laughs) of Adobe Premiere. Been doing that for three years. You know, like it's gotten to the point where I've outgrown my equipment and I need nicer stuff now. Like I need a better
1: camera. Just so you know, (laughs) doing this on my laptop, which is the only computer I have. I don't even have a desktop. Uh, My laptop's a two thousand and nine. And I've redone this thing like three times, but it's to the point now it's so old I can't update my Mac software.
0: So oh, you're, a Mac? You guys that, you're a Mac yeah. guy? I, oh, yeah. I tried it. I, <laughs> I wanted to chuck that sucker through the window after a week. I, I, had a, I had a buddy of mine like, here, try this. And if you like it, I'll give you a sweet deal. I, I was going to get that thing for 1000 bucks. Yeah, It was a good one. And I told him, like, dude, give me a Dell or give me a when, <laughs> I can't do it can't
1: uh, that's all I, I know i've had a mac really
0: creator. oh yeah. man you know everybody most of the creators go for macs most of them
1: i think once you get used to it i would i i'd highly recommend it if, if someone yeah. wants to get into being a creator learn a mac Because i would say that uh, too i
0: because <laughs> all, all the guys i'm too far down the, the this windows yeah. road <laughs> I, like I would have to go to college just to learn how to learn. I, I can't do it, man. I'm I an old dog in that aspect, and you aren't teaching me that trick. I, I, I am not doing it.
1: Which is fair. I think the programs are like – it's it's easier to run on Windows these days than it was five, six years ago mm-hmm. You know, for those programs because yeah. there's applicable versions for
0: both. So- So I don't know how much more time you've got here. I know you've got dinner at five, but I've got a few more questions for you. If if you've got some more time, man. So like looking back, um, I at about, I started in June and I know we went over, uh, you know, death by analytics, but, um, for guys that are wondering, you know, where they, where maybe they could be at or where they should be at. And when you told me this, it was really, um, motivating for me and empowering, uh, you know, I'm sitting at about 20,000, uh, probably 18,000 downloads right now on, on the podcast since June, right? From all the research I've done, a, a podcast episode in its life, will get about 500 on average through podcasts throughout the world of podcasting. What was your metrics going into the first year or two? I mean, what were your, what kind of growth did you have and, and when did you finally start getting some traction?
1: Uh, dude, that's funny. And like, for the record, I don't know if anybody knows. So I started in 2015, and we were doing one show a week and podcasts. This was like before the masses really were listening to podcasts, which mm-hmm. in 2015 was not that early in the game. I mean, podcasts have been around a while. Uh, I remember month. I remember the first time I hit 200 in a month, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> got it." And I remember like thinking 2,000 in a month was oh. amazing. Yeah. i remember that
0: um, how far then, into it were you
1: i mean it couldn't have been a month or two or three maybe it was three or four months okay say.
0: we'll say three months you finally hit yeah. 2,000 in the month
1: i that might be stretching it even but yeah that seems
0: fast, that seems fast.
1: I, it, it was slow it was really slow so yeah. it couldn't have been that much maybe it was 2,000 like in the first <laughs>
2: podcasting okay uh,
1: <laughs> that i was but you know i think Uh, I just looked, I, I, you know, the last time I looked at analytics, man, it was, it had to have been six, eight months ago. I just don't really, yeah, I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. look at my analytics. Uh, there were some we did when we looked at like, uh, the drop off rates for the longer podcast when we were testing those out, we did Mm -hmm. a six hour podcast and things like that. Um, but I remember the first time I had Paul Mandel on and we did that podcast did 75,000 downloads alone in the first like two weeks. And it was like, Seriously. Holy cow. And that's big dude. That's really big. Um, that was kind of, you know, probably like a viral trending YouTube video or something like that. Um, but I think we did two and a half million downloads this year off 115 episodes. Holy crap. <laughs> so Holy crap. in three years, it's gone from 200 to 2.5 million.
0: <laughs> I, you so, know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it does what I want what I want to get with that is not like hey we're boo whatever what I want to get at that is like don't let it change you it doesn't change anything for me it really doesn't man like at the end of the day am I like, can I provide that value to a, to the, the the sponsors that are paying for the podcast mm-hmm. and that's what's all, that's really the only metric that matters is can I provide this value in some capacity to the people that are paying for it mm-hmm. whether it's people or whether it's you know advertisers at the end of the day so like, again, like it's tough because don't get hung up on the metrics. But when I started out, man, I think I look at you guys, like they're starting out now and you guys are double, triple what I started out with, mm-hmm. you know, and I, when I say like it took me a hundred episodes, man, I, I, I would love to see my numbers. I, I think I have screenshots back in those days, but I bet my first hundred were probably where you're at today.
0: Really? Yeah. I well, mean, market's it's just, different. I mean, podcasts, market's
1: different. yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's not really a fair, it's not really a fair comparison, but for guys that are starting out, like I've, I've reached out to a few guys that have podcasts that have started recently. I'm like, you know, what, what are you getting, you know, what's average. And, and one thing across the board is that I've, I've recently figured this out because um, during hunting season, I didn't pre-plan not recording because I was hunting. So I had <laughs> like a month where I didn't upload and that crush you still paying for it today, still (laughs) paying for it. And uh, if you're going to, I'm going to tell you right now, you won't hear me say, if you want to be successful at something, here's what you have to do. If you want to be successful at podcasting, you have to do it more than once a week right now because I'm getting peaks and I'm sharp drop-offs and it's you're not going to get momentum doing once a week. And I'm from my my experience anyways, I'd love to hear what you say about that because you're a two to three, four time a week guy and you're, you know... You have probably the best work ethic for a guy with a podcast that I know of as far as your uploading and all that stuff. Like, no one, no one does it as often as you that I've seen. Maybe gritty. Not even gritty. Not even gritty. I mean.
1: And it's funny because Gritty's the one that was like, him and I were having a conversation, and he was saying, Yeah, going to two or three a week was like what jumped him over the curve. That was the best thing he ever did. And at the time, I was still doing one a week. And I had this concept mm-hmm. of like, man, we could do an elk episode every week and people would love it. And from that stemmed, the, you know, the, the Wapiti Wednesday and the Muley Monday and things like that. And so I was like, well, let's just let's just do that. But man, you know, this is the peak season, so let's just do it during the peak season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, so I went, and I the, the first year we did Wapiti Wednesday. And Wait, what's the doing, peak
0: season? Sorry to interrupt. What's the peak season for podcasts? Because I don't I know. Would
1: say April to September.
0: Go. I had no early. idea there is even a peak season. <laughs>
1: so maybe it's just mine. And it's interesting oh. because that could be swayed because it's not, it's not completely this way. That is, I would say that's the peak season. However, you know, we do last year and the year before we did muley Monday, Wapiti, Wednesday from roughly June to October. And so we, we dropped, you know, and I, I hit this, you know, skyrocket, um, analytics where, you know, I started doing three a week and it started going way up. Well, mm-hmm. just like you, you know, hunting season last year was like, okay, I'm hunting. <laughs> it's harder to produce three a week, even though we did that this year. Last year I didn't. And like, you watch that, slump off at the end of October and it just crippled us. Really? You know, like, it, yeah, it was like, Oh man, the numbers like tank, but they never came back up. Yeah. It wasn't like when I, you know, kept doing one a week after that, it, yeah. it kept. Uh, and so that was brutal. And so this year I you know, made a pretty hard effort to make sure we did three a week and had enough backlogged to do that. So, yeah. you know, we had three a week going through all of it, yeah. but as we dropped down to two a week, we still slumped a little bit.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Before hunting season, I was on track. My goal was to hit, I think 25,000 between June and the end of the year for start to, zero. that was my goal. And, uh, I was going to smash that. Like I was going to go th- easy 30,000, 28,000 minimum, um, over, you know, over. And since I took that break, I'm, like I said, I'm only about like 18,000 and I'm like crawling and scratching to get to my, not even my goal. I'm trying to get to like 20,000 now. And it's like, uh, like,
1: but the hard part is dude it's like so producing two shows a week right now you lose a lot of people that are aren't listening in the off season you got to think most of the most of the listeners at least mine and i don't know if this is for everyone but most of your listeners they're into hunting for bow season or for hunting season so it's you know september and october Mm -hmm. and they may they may start thinking about that in july Mm -hmm. and they're they're not really thinking about hunting after hunting season. So they're not, unless they're in the industry or like just obsessed and want to hunt year round, they're not really thinking about it in December and January or even February. And so like you have a a pretty good slump. So it's hard to produce three shows a week in the off season when no one's really paying attention anyway.
0: That makes sense. That makes really, well for me, I want to do like, I know what I have to do now and it's, it's just up, up the game, up the workout. Like, like you said, when Gritty went two or three, that's, that's, I mean, I, I'm just happy I figured that shit out. I'm on episode 28, you know, like I'm just happy I figured that stuff out now. Cause I'm looking at my analytics and when I did twice a week, I was literally getting three times, maybe twice, at least three times the growth somewhere around there. Right. So it was, it was like, it wasn't just put in twice, get double. It was actually a little bit more than that. And I'm like, man, if I could just keep going harder and that's what the conversation me and my wife had is like, I just want to see what uploading three days in a row does on YouTube. Like, I just want to see what that does. Well, dude,
1: this gets into like long game versus short game and there's short game tactics that work on, you know, the algorithms of certain platforms that are bad for your long game. So for me, I don't want to like, okay, take this six hour compilation podcast, mm-hmm. but I have turned that into six different podcasts and ran that over the entire month of September, which would have saved me three or four interviews that I wouldn't have had to have done.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But, I wanted to do one because it was like, <laughs> damn, have you seen like, there's that shock pack that long game. It's like, I'm doing yeah. this for this reason. I'm not doing this. So I can stuff more ads on one particular show. So for me, that's, that's, it wasn't a smart move or was it, you know, so you like short term wise, the algorithm of iTunes would have promoted me better if I had produced that show and made 20 minute segments and pumped them out every day mm-hmm. for two weeks. And I would have gained that, but what's the long-term effects of my viewership and my fans by producing a badass six-hour podcast? Yeah, you can't measure that, and that's the thing. Is just think about those things. There's little tactics you can do, but what do you, you know, what do you want to be remembered as? And that's like very long-term, but like, what would you rather do? You know, I would rather produce a six-hour show that people are like. Man, that is the coolest podcast I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So I had that shock factor. The shock factor didn't ROI for me, hmm. at least on the short term.
0: I've got a, I got a couple questions um, regarding that because, um, well, first of all, there's a here. Let's go a different route here. With with, uh, you ever heard of Patreon? Yeah. Do you have a Patreon?
1: <laughs> Funny you should say that. We're <laughs> we're we'll be kicking out Patreon and going that route.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, we can get into that. But I, you know, I looked at Patreon three years ago was not impressed with it didn't like the, the model I have looked at it recently. You know, John, uh, one of the guys on the team was like, look at this, you know, here's some examples of how it's going well, here's what's going. And so we've made the decision to actually go that route and start working with Patreon versus ads. So,
0: yeah. I just started mine two days. Well, I posted when I was up at one forty in the morning setting that shit yeah. up and, uh, <laughs> I, I find I, I, to my surprise, I have one, <laughs> uh, one guy, uh, and I'm sending him a hat. So, <laughs> cause I was so thankful. I was like, dude, you don't know what this means to me. Like I, I had zero expectation. Uh, you, you. So what's
1: your Patreon strategy? Like
0: what I, I, about I about honestly, it? I'm still learning what Patreon is. I just know, um, <laughs> uh, the way I had it described to me, cause I was like, I'm not going to, here's my idea of Patreon. Like I'm, Like I said, I'm not a smart guy when it comes to technology. So I'm like, I'm not going to set up something where people could just give me money all willy-nilly. They need to like buy a hat, you know, like they need to do something. They're not just going to give me money like these Twitch guys playing video games. I'm like, that's the most stupid shit I've ever seen. Like I'm playing a video game, you're going to pay me money. The guys do that Um, on this Twitch website or whatever. I'm like, well, and then Cody from Born and Rose, he's like, why "Why are you making that decision for people? Why, if someone likes your podcast and you're providing enough value that they want to pay you and help you grow, why are you making that decision for them? I was like, ah, that's the mindset I need to have, you know? So I'm like yeah. a couple months later, fast forward. Cause that was an older conversation. I'm like, you know, maybe I feel like maybe there's enough value. Cause I'm staying up, you know, late helping these guys. I'm like, maybe somebody will, will do something, you know? And so I did it and uh, I'm going to do it for premium episodes of the podcast for like, cause right now they're all audio, but if I do audio visual, that Mm -hmm. guys love audio visual i mean they don't really perform very well on youtube that's not where people go to listen to podcasts i mean yeah but i think if i had like a premium hd quality podcast audio visual and i made that strictly for patreons put them in special giveaways put them in, you know give them special access and stuff like that maybe that would be worth it for them. i I don't know i just really struggled with it
1: it's i mean it goes back to 51 percent, man so like how do you create value that's worth it? And so for us, the transition for Patreon, the reason I stayed away from it is because it felt like, you know, people just begging for money. Like, yeah, that's- and I wanted it, you know, my show, I didn't want that. I wanted, I was always thinking long game, always thinking big picture. And so for me, it wasn't about, you know, like, Oh, Hey, give me money so I can do what I do. Like, it's not mm-hmm. your, it's not your job to pay for what I want to do. Right. Uh, and so like, I, I looked at it in that way. And as we transition is like, I look at it now. I was like, there's some cool things I want to do that uh, sponsors aren't going to pay for or it's going to suck my brand in a direction I don't want it to go. And so it's like, okay, if there's things we want to produce, I think we have the fan base because you go to sponsors and you say, hey, I'm going to do this really cool thing that no one's done before. And they're like, ah, uh, no, (laughs) then you don't really have an option because I get it. Like I'm a company and you're like, hey, we kind of want to do this, but we don't know if it's going to work at all. Mm -hmm. You're like, "Uh, I'll just pay for the thing that's working cool like keep doing that <laughs> and okay so I get it but at the same time I think you know we've built the street credit I'd like to think that you know people trust like hey if we're going to go this route or this is what we're going to do you know they'll support that and Cody's right like if you, there's I mean how many people have messaged me and be like dude if you're ever in such and such I'll buy you a beer
0: yeah I get that all the time I'll take yeah. you hunting or let me know
1: yeah. yeah which is cool and that's awesome I you know I would be hammered if I ever drove across the country, but, uh, (laughs) but at the end of the day, like if people want to support that, that's awesome. And that's cool. And like, but I'm not just here for me. And this is like my thing, not anybody else's like, everyone has their own kind of two cents on this, but like, for me, it's like, okay, how do I, how do I provide the value? Like, so if I'm going to ask for five bucks a month for my audience or 50 bucks a month for my audience, how do I make it worth them to, you know, what, what do I have that I can offer that? And I don't you know, for me, it's, it's like the merch isn't scalable. Maybe there's an aspect of that, you know, and, and we're looking at giveaways and things like that, but like maybe there's some content. So like maybe you do your, your, you know your bow reviews or how to set up a bow, but then for someone else on on Patreon, you can go a little bit and you know, more in depth, and so you kind of split it up. And so like here's the more, more in-depth or here's how to start a podcast and things like that i think it's a you know a great way to go and it's again it boils down to like hey how do i produce 51 percent value ah,
0: just thinking of you talking about that maybe because i i really love and i just wish i had more success so i could give better advice to guys that are trying to get into the business you know like i wish yeah. i was i wish i was that gary Vee of a hunting you know like i wish i had all that in my head maybe we could have a patreon where it's to help the niche, you know, help the niche in the hunting industry versus, because I want my information for hunting to be available for bow hunting to be available to anybody. I'd hate to see somebody have to pay for access. Although business wise, it totally makes sense. You know, like having more in depth discussion. That's just stuff. I, that's why I love YouTube is because like, I'm taking it from a machine. I'm taking it from a giant corporation and I, I don't have any feelings for that. Like I (laughs) get me all of it. Yeah. Pay me more. Like, but when I'm taking it out of somebody like me that, I you know like just one of like I'm I'm taking that from my, one of my buddies' pockets you know like yeah. I just feel dirty I I don't know like and that that's probably on me because maybe I don't feel that I'm adding enough value to receive that money I don't know
1: So here's a question for you and this is straight and I've asked I've asked actually actually asked a lot of my friends this mm-hmm. uh, and it boils down to like us doing the Wapiti Wednesday and Newly Monday podcast for me you know getting the sponsors and managing it it was just It's just, it's tough. It's a lot. And there's other things I could be doing with my time. Mm -hmm. And so for the dollar rate that we're receiving on those Mealy Mondays and Wapiti Wednesdays, I have a hard time justifying it in 2019. And so at the end of the day, if it boils down to me getting rid of Wapiti Wednesday and Mealy Monday, Mm -hmm. are, are guys willing to pay for Patreon? And like, mm. I asked a lot of them I'm like, uh, if it means it's going to go away. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Really? And so, you know, I had to sit down and be like, okay, if I, if I'm not going to do it, you know, or what would be the alternative to me not doing it? And so Patreon was kind of that alternative. And so like, do I feel bad? Like, okay, it's five bucks or whatever it's going to be, um, you know, per month to hear a hundred percent of the shows. You're like, ah, you know, I feel bad. But at the end of the day, the alternative is I don't do them. So And everyone I've talked to was like, "Okay, in that case, (laughs) let's Mm -hmm. keep going what we're doing." You know, and it's a tough decision, but again, it goes back to like, "Hey, we got to keep this thing moving forward and do cool things." So, if 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 I'm gonna go do something new and try to produce podcasts or a version of that that no one else has done, something's gotta give. Either it's I gotta get rid of Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, or we gotta up the value so I can hire the person to to do more of that. And so mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's it's a it's a numbers game and I gotta keep the lights on. And so for me to do cool things and keep this whole evolution of podcast going forward in a new way that I think we should go, then this is what's gonna happen. And so like that was kind of the tough decision that we made. And I haven't even talked to my audience about this, so let's <laughs> see how that goes.
0: <laughs> you heard it first on here. <laughs> yeah
1: totally. uh, it's like, so everything's not even ironed out yet and that's something we're working on, but Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that it came up.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I like it's just something that I struggle with, and it seems like a lot of guys in the in, like in the industry that I talk to now, like they all have that same similar mindset. Like they don't want to take money directly out of pockets of of other guys, like on Patreon. But a lot of guys, once they start getting a little bit more bigger, they're like, "No, here's why you do that." And guys that have bigger podcasts than me, like you, um, I talked to another one. I even had him on the show from the Arms Room Show. He's like, "Dude, you wouldn't believe who would pay you to have a podcast." Like, yeah, we have tons of guys I never thought anybody would pay for my podcast but he's like we have tons of patreons. it's like yeah we we get lots in these guys want to pay because we're providing with enough value and 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 that's where it's like well maybe I don't see my value yet in that I, I don't know I
1: that's true we all under undervalue our own value yeah that was a tricky statement but we undervalue ourselves in that you know like look at you know I I'm not good at talking about what we do but if you look at like what we've produced as far as Wapiti Wednesday, mm-hmm. man, the messages and emails and stuff we get or people are people like, man, I had no idea how to elk And, you know, <laughs> Wapiti Wednesday has changed that. Or like whatever it might be. And yeah. that's cool. And I I do think there's a lot of value there or underestimated value. In the same way, like, you know, what's it, what's it worth to a guy to buy the wrong bow? Like <laughs> if he watched your video and he's like, man, this bow sucks. It yeah. just cost him a thousand bucks. Yeah.
0: We working? wouldn't believe the guys that really value uh, you, you may be able to guess cause you've been in the business, but like what guys really appreciate the bow reviews, you know who they are. Yeah. Hey. Uh, places where there's super tight restrictions on what you can own for firearms and bows. and oh. So oh, they yeah. can't go out and just shoot it at a shop. They have to buy yeah. it. There's yeah. no, so my, me, me shooting that bow is them shooting that bow. Yeah. And so That's I get guys. Thing. Yeah. I get guys, I think from like, God, where are these guys? Like uh, Finland? No uh germany uh
1: just there's probably not a lot of bow ships in germany no I didn't think of that <laughs> like
0: there's there's places like, i forget where some of these countries are but they can't shoot bows prior to buying them and so yeah. that's why probably once or twice a week i'll get a message like dude i need a little bit more from you like what would you go with i'm like what's your body size what you know <laughs> let me give me more information about you so i can tell you like if you're six right. five and you have a 32 inch draw, maybe you shouldn't buy this, you know, tree stand edition bow. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, yeah. But uh, so there's there's value in that. But I yeah. and that's just you know everybody you know it is and here's another thing I, I I see is guys are always confident, they're they're uplifting. You know, you're putting basically a mask on when you're going onto a video, and you're just showing everybody your best. Everything's always flipping fantastic, and everything's going <laughs> good, everything, but. Yeah. You know, I, I think being transparent and showing that, you know, guys like me, I still struggle. I'm only about 4,000 subscribers on YouTube, right? But a guy that is 100 subscribers, I'm a giant. And then to me, born and raised, Hushin, they're giants, you know, on YouTube. And so, but I think it's actually cool for guys to say, no, I still struggle with comparing myself to other guys. I I still struggle with my own self-confidence every once in a while. And, and, and I'm still trying to find my voice, like you're saying, you know, like, I think there's a really big empowering thing for that, you know? Like, oh, for sure. I don't know. I, I just, I really appreciate that. And, and I think this conversation honestly has been one that I've, I've been wanting to talk to you since I, June. Man, <laughs> I I seriously was like, man, I need some guidance here because I'm like starting my own YouTube again is basically what I'm doing. And yeah. I'm not going through that shit again without a little bit more help
1: because
0: it took me a year, two years to hit a thousand subscribers. And then this year I've added 3,000. That's uh,
1: impressive, man.
0: Yeah, it, it went, so, and uh, with I like knowledge
1: out. from other people helps. And, like, it's the same way, like, with Patreon. Like, man, for five bucks or a buck a month to have that network. And, like, that's another thing. Like, with Patreon, you could do, you going to be like, hey, if you give me ten bucks a month, you know, it's a 30-minute Q&A or something. Mm. The value of that, you know, like, there's guys that do that. Like, yeah, hey, 30-minute Q&A where it's really useful for you, right? You could jump on and help someone for thirty minutes and it's gonna it could solve a hundred hours of their problem. That's worth ten bucks.
0: <laughs> That's guarantee. a great idea. I could see value in that and I would say, yeah, buy a Patreon. I'll talk to you on the phone, dude. Come on, let's yeah. do it. I would yeah. I love that you know that right there was worth for me this whole podcast. That what you just <laughs> said right there, because I know I know talking to people would save them hours of I just uploaded a, a a video on how to site in a bow site, a fast Eddie mm-hmm. XL. And I've been sitting on that for over a year. Like, I just didn't want to do the video. It wasn't exciting. I wasn't, you know, excited about it. Well, I finally did it. I had some downtime. I'm like, I need to get this out because I'm still getting questions on how do you site up this site? I came out yeah. with it. And this guy that I never followed me before, never seen me was Googling. You know, he's like, I spent hours, hours on YouTube, on the internet, trying to figure out how to cite in that fast eddy. And he's like, and he's like, I found your upload. And he's like, you saved me. I don't know how many hours of researching and Googling and and I'm like, cool, man. And now he's a subscriber. But, you know, if he would have had that video a year ago, that would have saved him a lot of time. But it's just... And that's
1: the thing. It's like focus on, and this is like straight advice to you. Focus on things that's going to save people time. And that's what people buy. People buy time. They, you know, they buy Lyft, they buy Uber, they buy, they use Amazon because it saves time. And that's what we want. If you show me a video on how to change the front wheel bearing on my truck and it saves <laughs> me like hours. You understand how like if you're working on a pickup, like just the right video. You're like, yeah. oh, hey, well, I figured I've out this thing. If you got to get to it from this life, I've spent like, before YouTube existed. I've you know spent like four four hours trying to figure out how to get a damn bolt off, and like you go on YouTube and some twelve year old's like, oh, if you come in from this angle, it'll yeah. work. Pop it up. Yeah, you know how much that's worth? Four hours. Yeah. Like to me, that's worth hundreds of dollars. Like yeah. so, the same thing. Like oh, how to set up a bow? Like focus on the things that, that do how to save time and, and your capacity and what you could do. And so like whether that's like finding the best bow. Uh, how to set up your site, how to, you know, you did that video on uh, setting up your arrows and things like that, and how to paper tune and things like that. Those are going to save people time. And, you know, whether it's the same thing John Dudley has or not, you know, yeah. like guys are going to find things they like about you that they hate about Dudley, and they're yeah. going to, you know, and vice versa. And I think you just focus on that. That would be my advice. And yeah, set up the Patreon. And people want to, like, hey, you know, I need to set up this bow. Of course I'm gonna become a Patreon member because now I can talk to Garrett and be like, hey, you know, what do I do here? Or like how do I do this? Or whatever it may be, like some version of that.
0: Dude, that's a killer idea. I'm actually gonna execute that tonight. I'm gonna to start <laughs> on that. Like I, that's that's another tip for guys that are listening to this podcast. If you have information, you have to execute it. Information without application is yeah. Might as well be useless. It, it is completely useless. If you're not going to apply like when I talk to the born and raised guys, I think they like, and I stroke my own ego here for a second. They like working with somebody like me because when they tell me something, they're going to almost immediately see me applying that shit because like from the time that I learned about a podcast to the time of me actually starting one was not, wasn't, you know, when born and raised guys told me to start a podcast, it had to be two months later, three months later. Like, okay, started the podcast and that was, you know, setting it up, you know, figuring it out, you know, a lot of guys, they'll sit on this stuff and then they're motivated, but there's no application there. I mean, it's just, if you guys are wanting to grow your stuff, listen to what Cody said, listen to what I said, and, and apply what we're saying.
1: Yeah. It just do, you know, we, we talk about this in the comp, like within my own team, someone will be like, Hey, what do you think about doing this or this? And like, everyone knows it's yes, do both and see what works. Like it just do, like, I don't, Like, I don't, I can't tell you what's a better idea. And so, you know, do what you think, go with your gut. But so many people sit on ideas, dude. And I think that like my biggest takeaway is like, if you think you want to do a YouTube channel or you think you want to do a podcast, you think you want to do whatever it may be, just do it. Just, and like, it doesn't have to be perfect. When I launched my podcast, there's a funny story about my intro. My intro i man I, I thought it had to be perfect and blah 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 and i was like ah, you know what screw it i'm just gonna put this out i could change it whenever no one's listening to my podcast anyway <laughs> Same intro three years later dude i <laughs> i think i hit like export on that at 12:30 at night or whatever and it's still there like it yeah. doesn't matter like you're just gonna you're you're gonna grow like you're gonna work through it like don't nothing has to be perfect just do and because you learn on the way like if if cody callum would have not produced a film until he had perfect film or, or you know the version that he has today He would have never done anything that's but, a good point. you know you, you look back at his early videos and and it's like this creation like he just slowly started building his own style yeah and the same thing like you know me and audio like I, it just kind of grows and you learn as you go
0: exactly you well, look at me like you think i know everything i knew now when i started my youtube stuff i didn't know half no. the shit i know now when i started my youtube stuff like it's a constant it's, it's that's why i share it as i learn I share, you know, as I learn, I grow, as I share, I, you know, it's just, you know, no one has all the answers. And if you're waiting for the resources, I always, I was always told, you know, if you're waiting for the resources to come to you, you gotta, you got your opposite way around. If you want to start something, move in that direction. And then the resources will get closer. You can't wait for the resources just to produce themselves.
1: Someone the other day, uh, I posted some Instagram thing and it was like, oh man, I just can't wait till I'm that point in my life when I can do that. And like, I just couldn't even wrap my head around what that meant. Like, I'm like, <laughs> what, do you, what mean? do you mean? Like, <laughs> how do you, how do you get five days off? Or how do you outcome? Like, I what saw is the, that.
0: question? I saw that.
1: And like, I still, I, I still. What got was his reply? That,
0: I never saw the reply.
1: I honestly, I don't remember it. it. had something to do with the fact of like having kids and and you know not being you know single income and things like that. And I understand that. And those those are complications that everyone has, but.
0: I understand that, but there's also plenty of guys that are doing it with that same situation.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's, dude, it's, it's if you want it, you'll do it. Exactly. Like, where's your priorities? Everyone says, I don't have enough time. That's the stupidest comment. And I say it. I'm guilty <laughs> of saying I don't have enough time. It just means that it's not a priority for me.
0: That's exactly what I say. You know? <laughs> it's like, I'm just not, yeah, it's just not important enough for me to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's things, like, I'm sure I should be doing, but, like, like creating a YouTube channel for me. Like, I, I say I don't have time. I can't. It's all relative. It's the same amount of time. It's just going somewhere else. It's just not the priority for me. Mm-hmm. And so, like the same thing. If you want to go on an elk hunt, like man, I I talk to so many people that someday I'm gonna go on elk hunt like, someday. Like I don't understand the problem here.
0: <laughs> Where's that on the calendar? Can you show me where? Is it in between Monday and Tuesday? That, I don't, I don't yeah. see. It. <laughs>
1: just, yeah, yeah. Just do, man. Just do.
0: Yeah, it sits right in February. <laughs> Never got February. <laughs> but uh well i i think this was a great conversation man and don't and about time but we already went for two hours <laughs> That's crazy. like the great the best conversations just fly by i mean i yeah. recorded ones with uh, some of my best buddies and and as soon as i hit the record button i'm like i'm not uploading that shit and I'm like that was a horrible <laughs> conversation dude he's like what do you mean I'm like you felt it he's like yeah you, you i don't know if you've ever not uploaded something right after recording it you immediately know like that was just the worst episode it's clunky you know
1: but i'll tell you i've had episodes where i postponed uploading i was like man that was a bad podcast i shouldn't <laughs> No, it's bad and then i'll do it and like inevitably two or three people are like that's the best podcast I've ever heard. Yeah, I'm like, yeah what, <laughs> what <is> the hell
0: <laughs> when i uploaded that site that study in the facetti i'm like Beh. i'm like i almost didn't even upload so i'm like that's the shittiest video i've uploaded in a year over a year like i just it's horrible and then i got good feedback. Good feedback. Good. Like if you scroll through the comment section, it was like not one negative comment. Like it's all positive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's like, well, I guess I just don't know my audience. You know, I, got, <laughs> I I don't know. So it's
1: producing something great for 10%. And like, exactly. you know, what seems, and this is like, this happens to me with Wopty Wednesday. I'll have a podcast where I'm like, man, we didn't really talk about anything good, but what's good to me <laughs> is different than what's good to a guy that's never Elkheim before. And yeah. so, you know, something that's, you know, like Jason and I, Jason Phelps and I could have a, uh, a conversation and I'm like, ah, it just, it kind of feels like just a regular conversation. Maybe we yeah. didn't really, I didn't have that gem, you know, I'm looking for that gem. And yeah. and then someone's like, man, that was the best podcast I've ever heard. I'm like, what? Yeah, That's the first podcast we have ever heard? Like, I
0: was like, <laughs> yeah, I that <laughs> yeah, I had him on and, and uh, guys really loved that that episode and, and uh, that was the first time I met him and I ever talked and it was, it was kind of a little weird you know because i could like, talk to a dude that i've seen and i kind of looked up to in the industry and it's like man like this is kind of like like with that born and raised first episode that was pretty damn intimidating i'll tell you my, my voice was in like up here. here is like heart was in my throat it was just but you know it i don't know just genuine you just gotta laugh
1: about room. it someday dude you'll be like yeah.
0: oh i'm trying remember like... how bad i was and i started <laughs> I'll be saying that about the hundredth episode probably, mm-hmm. but all right, brother, well, I'll let you get going and uh, let's yeah, yeah. not, let's not wait to do another one. Let's, let's do this some other time. And for sure, man, I've got so many questions we could, we could do episode. After <laughs> episode but I know you yeah, got we'll, dinner to be getting to here soon. Anyways,
1: we'll, we'll see how it goes. And maybe everyone's gonna be like, man, that was, that, that was dumb. the shittiest we'll about episode. <laughs> 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 uh, all
0: right.
1: right, buddy. Well, thanks for having me on, man.
0: All right. See you, dude. All right. Later. All right, thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, Cody, for coming onto the show. A few requests for you guys. Go check out Cody's podcast. He uploads all the time, two or three times a week onto his podcast. So you're always getting fresh information. And if you have a, if you have a chance or a need, go check out his uh, his backcountry fuel box. It's such a great idea. I wish, you know, this would have been around a long time ago. You get to try out these foods that you, that you would have to pack six miles if you didn't want to use them prior to going hunting just to find out if they're good or not why not use them before and then you can find out what your pack's going to look like what it's going to weigh you know what you like you know what you don't and that's what this box is for is to make sure that you're not packing food six miles deep that you're going to hate eating when you get back there so there's a really big benefit for guys that do that and uh, I'm telling you right now I can't wait to get my first one you know he got me sold on one so um, go check him out backcountry fuel box it's a newer company he's trying to grow it And, uh, I think it's a great service for the guys that want to, want to make sure they're bringing good food back with them that they're going to eat. So, all right, guys, that's it for this episode. Look forward to seeing you on the next one. Bye.